Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles Stories of the Supernatural. And I hope you enjoy this new show, whether you're viewing it on the internet or listening to a podcast version of the episode. I do want to thank you for being part of my audience. You can also find links to videos or podcasts on MiamiGhostChronicles.com as well as where you can submit your story about any eerie experiences you've had, which I would love to hear about. Just go to the Submit Your Story tab. Please subscribe to our channel so that you receive notification of when we release a new show. And find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is where I usually live stream and where I give you a behind-the-scenes look at locations where new episodes are being filmed at, I also tell you about all the interesting guests that will be appearing soon on Stories of the Supernatural. I hope you enjoy the show, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles Stories of the Supernatural. How is everybody doing today? Good, I hope. Today here, it's still it's still high summer, even though it's September in uh, <clears throat> the country but you know and I see that up there in northern states it's getting chilly in here it's just the same as before high summer in, in Florida but anyway guys I want to tell you a little bit about the guest that I have today and I'm super excited because this person uh, not only is experienced in the field of the paranormal but does research and his name is John Griffin II now He's lived through a haunting since nursery school. And you know, guys, why I bring this up, because that's always one of my questions about my guests is like, when was your first encounter? And even though it was a positive one, um, I mean, from there, we're going to we're going to ask him more about that. But absolutely. Yeah, he did have that uh, that experience since he was just only four years old. Um, then he went on and he now works as part of the U.N. Research, which is a paranormal organization out of New York State. Now, it is focused on the truth regardless of what the truth is and how uncomfortable the truth may be. And you know why that's important to me and why that's one of my hot points as far as when it comes to anything having to do with paranormal research. Now, they've developed theories such as the thunderstorm effect, the demonic frequency, color frequency effect, the rainbow effect, and many others. Of course, we're going to ask John about that. And they're still researching topics such as Nibiru, spiritual activity, intuitive abilities, self-proclaimed messiahs, the Torah codes, numerology, ancient text, ufology, and much more. All, each of those, in a show in and of themselves, but we're still going to ask him about that. Um, and and it sounds, you know, they, they understand a lot that the research is controversial, but it is necessary. Uh, but one of, again, one of the most important things that they remain neutral, okay? In other words, they don't jump the gun and say something is real or fact-based until it is based on facts. And, uh, and I like this. They go by one saying, facts don't care about your feelings or your beliefs, which is absolutely very accurate in the truth. So let me welcome to the show. How are you doing today, John? Uh, not too bad. Thank you for having me on. No, absolutely. It is my pleasure. And like I said in your bio, we got a little bit of, uh, of a look-see and and we see that, yes, that the, one of the questions which I asked all my guests was when they had their first paranormal encounter, even if at that time they didn't realize what it was, especially when you're a child. But 
What was it that happened to you on that first encounter when you were four? Uh, the, well, I'll, I'll be honest. I was one of the one of the brats uh, in nursery school. <laughs> okay. Um, constantly bullied people and everything, and it's. Uh, Basically, I went when I was in nursery school. You know, we kept on. Uh, I went to a religious school, and they kept on trying to get me to go to the little Bible session. But of mm-hmm. course, naturally, I wanted to play with the toys. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> but since I wouldn't listen to them, I would go to. They would put me on well, the punishment, which was the thinking chair. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, that sounds yeah. that wasn't that effective for you after a while, right? <laughs> Not really, considering it was like every day and my mother would show up and go, okay, what did he do? Uh-huh. Um, but uh, that that actually leads into uh, that first experience. I looked outside, uh, well, it was the playroom at the time before my brother was born. Okay. Um, I looked outside and I saw what appeared to be, well, it, it just looked like a, a light with wings. Okay. And I'm like... I, I felt so calm, and then I just remember there was like a flash, as if it just came like right towards me. Um, I wasn't freaked out by it at all. It was, it was very comforting, but I felt so different after that. Okay. Um, I went back to nursery school, mm-hmm. and I was, I, it was like I was a completely different person. I uh, didn't really bully anybody anymore. I was rarely ever punished. In fact, I became fearful of being punished. Really? Wow. So, yeah, it was like complete night and day. Um, and it, uh, I grab it back then. I mean, I didn't gravitate towards adults or kids. Right. Um, but once I hit kindergarten, I would actually hang out with the teachers. I didn't, I, sometimes maybe I went and played kickball or dodgeball, but I would want to go and say hi to the teachers, and I would stand okay. next to them while they're talking to each other. It's a completely different person. Um, and, and I mean, did, let me ask you: Did the adults uh, around uh, you, like uh, your uh, parents or your teacher, did they ever ask you? Because I imagine maybe what they thought you were sick or not feeling well when they saw this behavior change in you. No, they just welcomed it. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> just like let's let's leave that alone. Okay, that's good. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, continue. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had some thoughts on it, but it's not like I had any dreams or anything like that after that. It was just like that happened. But then um, that's when it led into the actual uh, – I mean, that was like the only time that happened. And then there was the haunting itself. Okay. Um, that's After that, that's when I started to experience other things that weren't so pleasant. And was this in the same house that you saw what you saw outside the window? Yes, um, I I had lived in um, I had lived in that house uh, for approximately nineteen years. Okay, um, and it it just has pretty much progressed uh, throughout my life into the point that even my brother um, ended up dealing with it himself. Okay, okay. Now was going to be one of my next questions because I know sometimes either the whole family shares in it or there's a target person. And that's what I was going to ask you. Were you the target person or did any other family members or siblings also have their own experiences? Um, well, later on, I found out that my brother uh-huh. was being was being tormented by the same one that I was 
uh, dealing with um, when we came across one specific uh, uh, male entity okay. um, who I just referred to as the disappearing person. I mean, I didn't know about the term ghosts or anything right. of that sort okay. at the time. Um, my brother actually took over, um, they, they put, my parents put the bedroom mm-hmm. or his bedroom where the playroom was. Um, his bedroom was across from the basement door. Um, okay. Now, I had, a, I had a serious fear of the hallway um, because that's where I kept on seeing that guy. Okay. Um, but he, my brother, when he finally was able to talk, he, he uh, talk and walk, he got up and he would, um, I would wake up and he would be next to me in bed. Wow. Um, there was, there was uh, points where he talked about his door because he had a sliding door for, for his room. Okay. Uh, his door would slide completely open. Um, he told me that he saw a guy. Wow. Um, and he didn't really give me much of a description as um, until he got older. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seemed like it was myself and my brother who were the main targets. My okay. mother did experience some things. Um, but she didn't want to frighten us, so she didn't tell us until we were in our teens. Sure. Um, and my father, whether he experienced anything or not, he just refuses to. He refused to even acknowledge the haunting. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of that. For some reason, especially the the fathers, they they if they ever fess up, they kind of like. It's like if if I say it doesn't exist, it doesn't exist. Um, let me ask. And so, what do you think was the point of origin? The basement, and then leading up out of that basement. Do you think that's where it was originating out of? That was the that was one of the main areas for him specifically. Right. Yeah, it was. Uh, he 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 seemed to come from the basement, but um, he he did travel throughout the house, no matter where we went, because originally we were no longer we. Um, we originally got be- uh, bunk beds, okay, um, because Jeremy used to use his room anymore. <laughs> okay. um, and then eventually, I got to the point that he kept on coming in our room. Right. So I would go sleep on the couch near my parents' room. Uh-huh. Um, then, well, because I left Jeremy, Jeremy followed suit. Um, so pretty much for about seven years, Jeremy and I substituted our nice, comfy beds for couches. Which um, that right there speaks volumes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And but the thing that bothered me most was when he walked into the living room. I thought it was my dad, uh, just coming in, getting ready for work. Right. Because it sounded like his it sounded like his shoes, like how he typically oh, walks. So you were even well, hearing it wasn't only seeing him, you were actually having auditory where you were hearing him walk, in other words. Yeah. Ooh. Well the, the the scariest part which um most people haven't heard about um it is there were there were time most of the time i didn't see him um he the the, the door i would usually leave uh the uh, a nightlight or uh, one of my lamps my touch lamp on slightly okay. and i would have my door cracked open because there were times that he was in the room um okay. but the worst the worst part was when he was you would hear him outside and, and, and the kitchen's pitch black at this point. So I'm looking at nothing out there pretty much. Okay. Um, and you just hear heavy breathing as if somebody's oh standing by the doorway. God, that's horrible. God. And it's just like, okay, well, I know he's there and I leave the door open in case I have to run out, but 
he's there. Right. So am I, if I open the door, am I going to see him? You know, am I going to run straight into him? What's going to happen to me? Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't understand what was going on. Sure. Um, but the, the, like, um, basically when we ended up in the living room, he ended up walking into the room Okay. and he stopped and he turns and he looks at me and then he walks towards my brother and I'm just like, when I woke up the next morning, it was just, I finally was just like, there's, there's no, there's no escape in this guy. Right. Like this is, mm-hmm. is this going to be my life? Okay. Yeah. In other words, wherever you went, he was eventually going to follow. Like you said, here you're, you guys are gravitating as close to your parents' room as you can. It's like, okay. And yeah. And was he, did you ever, as far as the description, did it look like, was it, because I know you hear sometimes of people, it's not a shadow man, but it's like the dark outline. You really can't make out features or clothing or time period. Was he, or or could you see more about what he looked like? Uh, we, Jeremy and I both got um, a very good visual of him. Um, okay. The time that he walked into uh, the living room, he was wearing uh, khaki pants, wow. uh, blue shirt, uh, more of a blue dress shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked younger. I'd say more middle aged, probably thirties, forties. Okay. And um, he had uh, darker hair, very short, uh, Caucasian male, mm-hmm. uh, thinner build. Um, he, he was pretty well dressed, but he had a very stern face to him. Um, my brother, wow. he saw him next to a Christmas tree. And this is the part that always gets, it confuses me, um, is he said that he woke up and he saw him standing there pointing a gun at him and he was in a hunter outfit with red eyes. Oh crap. But the rest of the rest of the description of him matched exactly what I had, just different clothing. Right. Um, so that's when we referred to him. We nicknamed him the hunter. Um, that actually okay. came from the experience that Jeremy had. Okay. Based on that. So, but it sounds like a modern guy. When I mean modern, it doesn't sound like, and I don't know how old that property was or anything, but it sounds like a more modern or recent person What that lived there or you never found out. Uh, I know Jeremy has started doing research on, on the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I'm not sure exactly what he's he's found yet. I know he's been looking into it. Um, I know when I was uh, when we were kids that the house was approximately 70, 80 ish okay, yeah. years old around there. Okay. So yeah, that sounds. There's a lot of years of things that could have happened there before your parents bought it. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and then what happened? It stopped with what when you moved out, or did it ever just stop by on its own? Um, uh, it was kind of as I got older, it, it, it seemed like the activity dissipated, but it actually, it didn't really, okay. um, that it, it's, but it was more of hearing rather than seeing. Okay. Um, but I still dealt with, I mean, there were still other entities that, that were in that house that seemed to kind of connect. Um, and, and it made us question, uh, when we, I mean, within the past few years, Jer- uh, Jeremy and I have really sat down and just analyzed everything that happened to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I found out more about his end of it. He found out more okay. about mine, not realizing that we had experienced far more. Right. And you compared notes and you said, wow, you know, if we're hallucinating, mm-hmm. man, we're hallucinating the exact same thing. <laughs> so, exactly. And 
And you said, and your mom got some of it, but not all of it. It, sound, it sounds like you two as children were the ones that were more on the receiving end of whatever his problem was, whether he had lived there. Because sometimes you think, okay, was this somebody that lived there for some reason was attached there? Or was it because you two as young kids, you know, children were, you know, were more sensitive, had psychic abilities in order to see him. And that's why he kept appearing to you guys. What do you think that was? Do you think he's attached there to that property or or was it just you well, guys? Well, I don't know about that part. Um, I do know, uh, the well, this is this is just going off of uh, the pattern that we saw. Okay. Considering that he focused on Jeremy and I, mm-hmm. um, there were two, there were actually two spirit entities, okay. uh, uh, entities in there. And there were, there was a little girl okay. um, who we only, we only dealt with once. She, uh, she was down the hall calling out saying, help me, help me. Oh. It was down the hall where he normally shows up. Um, okay. In the past, when I've gone down the hall, the guy would appear and he would just tell me to go back. Um, okay. The worst part was, is that's where our bathroom was. Oh, <laughs> right. It's like this little kid hopping on one foot, like I got to go to the bathroom, but how bad. That's... Yeah. And uh, the other one was up in the attic um, who we nicknamed Jonathan um and there were times he would he when i was a kid it was like i had that conversation you know that little best friend thing Mm -hmm. and he told me that he stayed because he stays in the back of the attic okay and he told me that he's hide he's hiding from the bad man oh um so i'm like wait a minute so we have a girl saying and this is now the past few years that jeremy and i've discussed it we have a little girl that saying help me we have a boy who's hiding from a bad uh the quote-unquote bad man and then we have a man who's constantly focusing on jeremy and i okay yeah like this this person seems to have have a problem with kids yeah i was gonna say maybe he had a problem even as a live person in other words you know so god god knows what you know without knowing specifics what kind what, what he was up to when he was alive so, and there's two children. Have you? Are there any other adult spirits that you've come across, or that you came across? Uh, nope. It was him, the two children. Um, there was actually one point where we saw um, we came across the uh, um, the ghost of our uh, the ghost of our dog Robbie. Really? And. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and then. We also had uh, the worst part came later, which was an, a uh, a demon. Oh, how did you get there? I mean, I mean, this guy sounds bad enough, and I know, but you know, how how I mean, what happened? Well, I mean, I started. I I, I basically my brother. Uh, my brother and I, especially me, I mean, I can't really speak fully for him, but I know um, he had dealt with so much um, and people, you know, of course they make their comments. Mm-hmm. So he kind of kept to himself with the uh, with with the haunting. But for me, I'm very vocal about it. And I, I've had gone to religious schools this entire time being told that ghosts don't exist. And then, mm-hmm. you know, psychiatrists and all that type of stuff. And it came to the point that I'm like, Wow, no one believes me. I lost all my friends. Okay. Went into a depression at a very early age. Okay. Um and I just kept on falling and falling and falling. All right. Um and 
then all of a sudden I started noticing a smaller figure and I'm just, I'm kind of like, okay, you know, at first I thought it might've been a kid, but then mm-hmm. there was this one time I went and played, we played hide and seek and I went into, um, I went into this, uh, went into the closet. Uh, we had a, a closet, a huge walk-in closet down in the basement. Wow. And uh, I went into the, uh, because they had like rows and rows of clothes. So I went and I hid within the clothes. Um, and this was at a time where actually some, some of the neighborhood kids we actually had just met and we, you know, they were younger. Um, and for whatever reason, they just seemed to like me a lot. So, you know, I, they would come over all the time. So Jeremy and I would, you know, play games with them and such. Um, I was hiding and then all of a sudden one of the pieces of clothing just swings a bit. <laughs> okay. And I turn and look, turn and look and not even just only a few feet away from me was another face. And it was nothing I had ever seen before. It was, uh, it was the eyes that got me. There were no, it was like you were staring into nothing. Oh, and I, I darted out of there. Um, spoiler alert, I lost the hide and seek game, but (laughs) no, I was like, who cares Uh, at that point? It's like, that is, and it's the basement. You said it was a closet in the basement, right? Yes. I don't know what it is about basements. Um, (laughs) So you're like, oh, we've, we've researched that heavily. Okay. Basements and basements and cellars and stuff like that. Did they get their creep factor way up there? I mean, as far as the, especially the type of uh, things that are seen there. But so I imagine you got out of there like. So this was because you. Let me ask you something. Was it height wise, like your same height, or was it down further? What. What was it when you saw that face? Um, well, uh, when I finally got to see it better, oh, I mean, okay. at that point, it was just the face. Okay. Um. So it was. It was approximately just maybe over three feet right. around four feet around somewhere in the middle that's what i was getting at okay yeah so we're talking something really really short okay go ahead mm-hmm. um but i did finally get to uh, get a look at it um because it did make its appearance at one point but it did something unusual rather than walk um my door to my bedroom opened um and I heard something crawling. Oh my god! So now this is when I was finally getting back into my room. Okay. I, After, yeah, I was about to say that. You know, okay. So how old? So how old were you now when this happened? Uh, I was heading into my teens. Okay. Okay. So you're a little bit older. Okay. So you heard something crawling. God. And then I just I looked up. You know, because, I mean, we did have cats. We did have cats and dogs. The dogs usually slept in my parents' room. Mm-hmm. But my cats, they would still usually come in. Um, and I still kept the door open just be, just in case. Right. Um, but this time I just, I heard something. I heard the door creak. And then I, um, and I was never a heavy sleeper. I could never sleep because of this stuff. Exactly. Um, I rolled over. And I'm like... I don't see anything. I roll towards the edge of my bed and there's this thing on like it's, it's hands is humanoid, 
And, uh, it had more of like an ant, animalish type uh, oh. legs, but it was like um, the best way to describe it. And this scene from this movie, it bothered me because it reminded me of it. Um, it was one of those, uh, not the actual Conjuring movie, but it was one of the histories that okay. they did. Um, there was this one scene where you have the the. The sta- uh, they're looking down the stairwell and there's something looking back up at them. Okay. I, I, I understand what you're saying. It was yes. that, yeah, it was basically picture that only smaller and on the floor. Because here you're, you're thinking uh-huh. you're going to see more, more, more probably a cat. That's what you're thinking. I want to see a cat. Mm-hmm. Event, yeah. Okay. Besides, yeah, what, did you yell out a scream? I mean, what did you, like, I would have been like, what happened? What did you do? I, I mean, that was, that's a horrible thing. I froze. Yeah. I didn't, I had never seen anything like that. I recognized the face, um, but I froze and then I kind of just blanked out, which presumably, I'm presuming that I probably passed out at that point because okay. I just remember waking up. Okay. When I woke up, my door was still open. Okay. So mm-hmm. it was like, Okay, I saw this person when I, or excuse me, not person. <laughs> what, you're right, whatever it was. And then now I'm seeing this thing, and then I wake up and my door is still open. Like, uh, oh my God. Like, you know, um, and, and it just, it got worse from there because it was at that point, it was actually following me. There were dreams that went along with it that were just, it was nightmare after nightmare, and it got to the point that I became very antisocial. I bet. And I just, uh, I came to the point because it was like there was no one to turn to. Mm-hmm. At the time, my parents, I thought, didn't believe me. My brother was more closed. I mean, he's not the he he's not the most social person. Right. Um, I mean, he's he's a lot different now. I mean, like we've both opened up to each other, um, but I mean. I pretty much secluded myself to my room. It would basically. Did, did he ever home. see that thing that you just described, or were you the only one? Um, I brought it up to my brother. I don't know if he's actually seen it. Okay. Um, he hasn't disclosed that to me yet. If he has, but okay. um, he was mainly he was mainly the hunter is the one that went after him. So let me ask you: Did this thing in the hunter? Did they take turns, or did do you see a spike where you would see them both at the, around the same time, and then it would die down, or would they just take, you know, hey, it's my turn today? How how is that? That's the interesting part. When this demon showed up, right? I didn't see the hunter. I didn't see the hunter or the kids anymore. Really, that is interesting. That is very interesting. Because now, I know my brother had still experienced stuff, but he was experiencing, it seemed like things may have died down for him too, but mm-hmm. it was like, it was more of a rare, if anything happened, it was very more of, it was more of a rare occasion, but we didn't really see them. Okay. But that, that that's unusual where all of a sudden one thing, and obviously it, it became worse, I imagine, because one thing is to see a human figure, even if it's a ghost, but it's human-like, you know. But when you start seeing something like that, God, where do you go with that? <laughs> um, 
Well, and, and that's where the, the thought process were coming in because it was just like, you know, is this me thinking? Because mm-hmm. there were, there was a point and, and it was in my, uh, I think, yeah, it was in my book too. I don't know if I put it on the website. I don't remember if I did. Um, but it was one point, uh, where I, where I was walking with some people and I almost something was telling me walk out into the road. So I almost did. And I almost walked out into an oncoming car. Really? Um, I pulled myself back, but this was when I was in serious depression too. Right. Um, but then it was just like, I stopped and I'm like, what, what was I thinking? Like, that's not me. And then I turned and I saw that specific thing standing by a tree looking back at me outside of the house oh this wasn't at this actually wasn't at the house this was right, now right. This was... um yeah it was at a completely like a, a location about 20 minutes away oh that's not good because that that that's like okay there's no place to go because even if i leave the property this thing is still affecting me Wow, John, that is. Let me ask you: Did thinking back now, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. Did something was something happening in your life or in your family when that changed, when this thing came on the scene? Just mainly for me. Um, okay. That was. It was basically that period where I had. It was basically nobody to turn to. I was giving up. Okay. On school, my depression was extremely bad. The anxiety just picked up, and I was just like... Okay, I, see. I understand now. Okay. So, in yeah. other words, you were already feeling down prior to this, and then this comes along and aggravated everything that you were feeling because... Exactly. And it was... It's like, you know how you have those dreams about... Um, you know, you, you have a family member that's that passes, and then they just appear in your dream, and they're like, yes. hey, I'm okay. Yes, this one was more on the lines of this thing appears in my dreams, but it reminds me of my past about like being a failure. And I'm just like, okay, it was like, it was tearing at me even in my own dreams. Right. So in other words, he was using, you know, what, what all human beings have, which are fears and securities, you know, that's the human condition. So, but in other words, he was trying to manipulate you by going into your dream state. It sounds like, and bringing him up like, okay, let's not forget about these things. Sure. Yeah, that's understandable. So, and how, what and, happened then? And that's then? the thing is, oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, basically, the only, there were only two things that kept me going. Okay. Um, and that was, uh, funny part number one, but I love it, uh, was my Nintendo games. <laughs> um, and the other one was at an early age. Okay. Even um, in... in before my teens, um, I started reading and watching shows about the paranormal. Okay. And I started researching and I started keeping some notes here and there um, as I went into my teens. Okay. Um, and it was it was like I was growing up quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like once I got into my later or later teens and I was still dealing with this, um, I finally learned more about blessings. Okay. Um, and I also, um, um, I had also been reaching, researching this 
for years now and it, it just became my passion it was just that's all i ever did was paranormal and that's all i would ever talk about okay um and i actually tried a blessing okay. um and i mean i had a lot of spiritual faith like you know you know, you learn, you, you see the one thing that could have been an angel when right. I was a kid, and then you see the demon, and then you're like, after all these years in, in school, there was like, maybe there's some truth to this. Right. So exactly. that's when I went at it. Things got worse before they got better. Okay. That was, um, but finally, it left. Oh, it did. Or what, Great. A, what seemed, it seemed like, it seemed like it left. Okay. Um, and we moved out of the house finally. We moved into uh, a new house in Scotia. I think it was probably about 19 at that point. Okay. And it was like we started new, new house. Okay. Uh, we didn't experience anything for a while. It was, uh, but my passion still kept on going. I mean, we got the internet and everything, and I was just like, this is great. Right, no, well, it sounds like you went through so many years that I don't blame you for like, trying to grapple with it the best way you could, which is really research exactly what you were doing. And well, and there was another thing that was kind of motivating me is like when, when you're secluded and you finally get the internet and yeah. you've been treated. The thing is, is that I also secluded myself when I went to school, okay. I would stand back and I, since I became more socially awkward, mm -hmm. um, I started watching and trying to understand how people interact. Okay. And I even went to acting, uh, some acting classes, because I was like, oh, well, <laughs> well, right now I'm very monotone, and I have no expression. I'm, like, dead on the inside. Maybe if I could try to act, people, and I, they could teach me how to act normal. Okay. Or, you know, yeah, quote, unquote. <laughs> maybe um, I could fit in somewhere. Okay. And acting school i mean it went to the whole like romeo juliet type stuff I'm like, okay you, people don't act like this out society, so yeah all right okay. yeah i was thinking of more modern stuff instead of the renaissance thanks so but well, still you know what that speaks what volumes that you were willing to go that length to try to like okay um yeah because that's what they say if you pretend hard enough after a while you're not pretending anymore so, so yeah, what are you saying that the acting classes drama didn't 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 give you what you were looking for or what? Well, uh, <laughs> no, it sounds like it no did. comment. No, actually, <laughs> it, it didn't. Nah. Nope, nope. Uh huh. Okay. Um, I, I knew what not to do because it would be like you know, I was like I don't see anybody doing this except on stage. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but it. You know, I think what gave me more of the insight was the finally having access to the Internet, seeing some videos okay. um, and watching people and then realize and watching some of the TV like news and such and realizing. Um, and, and I loved sitting down, not being a part of the debate, but listening to people who had even different beliefs okay. and having them watching them argue and just like, you know, it's kind of like why are you guys arguing and saying that you're right and you're right and right. I, I don't understand the point of this why don't we find out what the one truth is exactly well yeah. but then people were closed off to that it was like yeah, everybody... well no this is my belief and that's what it is 
Right. Like. And <laughs> well, you know what? That's usually sometimes people that are into absolutes and like this is the way it is, and they don't leave the door open for either a change of, if not all of their beliefs, some other beliefs, or willing to accept, hey, there's maybe somebody's come 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 across something I haven't so far. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying that they close themselves off to anything than what they know at that point, and that's it. And is yeah, this what got and, you and to, interested like, in the research portion as far as, you know, beyond reading books? You know, I know you were researching, you were going on the Internet. And is this what prompted you then to start doing things on your own as far as the research was concerned? Partially. Um, it was it was when my um, there were a few different there were a few different uh, factors in that. And, and some of it came from school. OK. Um, where basically um, I was in one of the uh, religious class and they, uh, you know, I did bring up ghosts. Okay. I don't hesitate. And they were like, uh, why do you do that stuff? And at this okay. point, uh, when I was uh, 16, that's when I started my first team. Okay. Um, and they were like, you know, well, I, I brought up saying, well, this could also prove the existence of, of a higher power. Exactly. And they and they're like, Well, there is no proof, you have to have faith. I'm like right. Okay. And and they told me that ghosts don't exist. I'm like, Oh, oh yeah, okay. Um and then uh, the same class and I'm surprised I did not get kicked out of this class for this because <laughs> I don't normally I don't normally do this stuff. But this time I was so annoyed. Um they were like you know, look at look at all around the trees and how, you know, how everything works. And they get, I forgot what the exact wording was, but basically saying, you know, how could there not be a God? I mean, look at all the proof. And I just shot my hand, just shot right up. And I was like, didn't you just tell me that there is no proof and you have to have faith? <laughs> yeah, you I know. Mean, <laughs> I was just like. <laughs> I'm sure they didn't want to hear that. I was like. It was a little double standard right of there. I'm su- like I said, I'm surprised I didn't get didn't get kicked out, but it was just like it was a valid question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at that point, it was kind of like proving a point. Yes, exactly. Like you wanted to like, okay, if, if I'm going to use your own answer against you. Yeah. And it happened to my brother, too, because they just went at my brother okay. the same way they went at me. Okay. So, and my brother, obviously, he did not take too kindly to it. Okay. Um, it's really difficult when you've had the, first-hand the reason, experiences like you guys had to be told mm-hmm. that doesn't exist. You know, when you know, it's like, I know something. I don't know exactly what it was, but, you know, yeah, that's like you're, 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 you're trying to tell me to discount what my own eyes or my own ears, sh- you know, showed to me more than once. Yeah. I understand why you guys would get really frustrated. Well, in the, the the other part of the the portion where I went into the research uh, was basically because I just remember watching everybody like a bunch of the children, my classmates, all smiling and like having a you know going to parties uh, and you know what are you doing tonight? And then it's just like oh would you know some people would actually say would you ever hang out with Griffin? And they would purposely just say you know no he's he's weird and they you know make comments right in front of me and it's just like. You know, there were some people, the people, I mean, I didn't, I got annoyed with that, but there were other people that you would see them leave together. Right. But it was always me walking out by myself. 
Okay. Um, and I'm just like, no kid, no child mm-hmm. should ever have to go through what I went through. Sure. And the only way to get it to that point that that does not happen or happens less frequently is to find out what that one central truth is because we have – we're all disagreeing about beliefs, but the facts are going to lead to one answer. So why are we so resistant to it? And that's, that, was, that became my main drive when I got into that mindset. Right. And I was just like, you know what? I have this belief. I grew up in this religion. I grew up with these experiences that contradict this and contradict that and then this. And it's just like, you know what? I have to change myself. And because there were times that people would tell me, you know, and I, my belief would come out and I would be like, well, that's not possible. But here I am. Uh, telling somebody that it's not possible doing the same thing that somebody did to me. Exactly. Exactly. So um, there's that, that one saying that, you know, pe- all, you know, people want to change the world, but they're not willing to change themselves. Of course not. And that usually when people are that rigid, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing because rigid person means rigid beliefs. And like I said, yeah, if, if everybody has beliefs of some type of what they believe basically because they believe it or because based on their own experience but usually you always leave room for flexibility to change i mean we evolve and our, our belief system is evolve but i understand as far as i think the problem is when people have a set of belief systems and then they want to exclude or isolate others that don't share them and it's like okay so why can't we just have different belief systems or overlapping ones, but like you said, where you were, it sounds like you were kind of excluded because you had voiced beliefs or things that everybody's like, no. And that that's a problem right there. That's a big problem. You know, and mm. unfortunately, uh, yeah, you, you're, you're, well, you know what? I hate to say it. A lot of the major discoveries I think that have ever been done, especially in the field of science and otherwise, have usually been when, uh, a set of researchers have passed away because they kind of want to hold the field that what they've discovered or put forward as theories are the only valid ones mm-hmm. and anyth- anybody that comes along afterwards, they're wrong. And so they kind of have to like die <laughs> uh, before yeah. new things, you know, are accepted. And it's like a, a microcosm of what you're describing. And even in the field of the paranormal, that holds true. Well, and that's, and there's actually one saying that um, that I would use because everybody would tell me um, that this can't happen, that can't happen, you'll never be able to do this, this, that, and the other. Right. Um, and every time I would come back and prove them wrong. I love that part. <laughs> um, but <laughs> the uh, the one thing that I would always tell people um, is when, when they would tell me, you know, you won't be able to do this. I turn to them and I go, watch me fly. Okay. And, exactly. um, I finally explained it to people that it was like, everybody said that would talk about the Wright brothers mm-hmm. and, you know, oh, that this can't be done. That can't be done flying. Oh my goodness. Right. Yeah. But 
they didn't listen to anybody. They could have chosen, you know what? Yeah, you, their belief is correct where you, this can't be possible. And then they go and do it, and now we're doing it every day. Oh, yeah. So that's where that's where that whole um, that's the whole thing that I um, that I turn to people about um, and just say, watch me fly. It's basically like everybody everybody mocks somebody during history, of and course. then it's usually one like a like one person or a small group of people mm-hmm. that deliver the big change. Sure, and but it's an uphill battle though, because oh yeah, you know especially if it's if it diverges a lot from the accepted uh, belief, whatever theory, whatever's in place. The ones that came up with that one don't want to like lose their their king of the hill status. Like, yeah, we came up with this, and everybody accepts it as the end all be all. They don't want to lose that position and mm-hmm. say, you know what? Maybe we're wrong, or no, this y- yours sounds more accurate than what we had proposed. Whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of ego and stuff like that. And you know that that's what oh, you yeah, put on. So anyway, go ahead. And I love it when I love it when people. Uh, approach me about the, the the science portion is like they'll tell me well scientifically this and I was like did you scientifically verify that because a scientist prior to that person proved proved another scientist wrong who proved another scientist wrong who proved another scientist wrong and all these people are PhD there you go you know so to uh, me it's like <laughs> let, let me ask you and, and I noticed that you, that, that you have on there that you've you've developed several theories such as the thunderstorm effect demonic frequency w- what are those what what are those theories what are they well and, and some of those are going to be renamed because they're they're kind of evolving like some of them are okay, more kind of separate sure. but um like the like the thunderstorm effect is more out of date okay but um, it, it, it's well, the, the name's out of date. It's more evolving right now. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, my one of the goals that, that I had, especially when I formed uh, you and I research, right. um, was to uh, rather than just always investigating a claim of a haunting, I mean, the, the way I look at it is uh, we've documented uh, for thousands of years whether it be ancient text, stories, video, audio, you name it. Okay. There's obviously a lot of documentation supporting that there is unexplained activity, but then there's no explanation to go with the unexplained activity. It's, mm-hmm. So in, in my rule of thumb is how am I going to educate anybody on something that's labeled as unexplained? You can't. Right. It's, you, can, you can provide like, you know, and, and a photograph and a video and audio – Great, that's supporting documentation of unexplained activity. But my question always is, what are you getting from every single piece of those? You know, great, you caught a photograph of an apparition. What does that photograph tell you? What does it speak to you? Um, To give you an example, and this was part of the development of the thunderstorm effect. Okay. Um, Okay. I started gathering, and this was thanks to doing work uh, like – going into uh, criminal justice and doing security work, okay. we focus on statistics. Mm-hmm. And I always say numbers tell a story. Okay. As boring as numbers may be. No, absolutely. They're facts. Um, mm-hmm. And we, I started seeing patterns. Okay. And when I saw those patterns, it was like, okay, specific activity, 
specific activity during like this time under these conditions at this mm-hmm. location and and I really broke it down to the point okay. of like even to where they were standing next to really okay like if they were st- if they were standing next to a sink what did that tell me okay um we caught a we we caught a picture at uh, Lizzie Borden's bed and breakfast of an apparition down in the basement okay um one thing that caught my attention and it, it um it, it was basically his um we noticed that one pupil formed completely okay. we noticed his beard his hair okay uh, his nose but one of his eyes didn't fully form we noticed that his right shoulder formed but his left one didn't okay so we were like okay well so I would go back down there after getting the picture and I went over to the area and I saw uh, a pipe with running water uh-huh. and I'm okay. like okay so I started documenting that and then I started looking at I, I was like wait a minute okay let me start looking at all these other app you know like potential apparition pictures and where we're catching this that and the other and it started to form the pattern so i started asking the question well wait a minute we talk about full moons right increasing activity mm-hmm. well i i started researching well what does a full moon do you know what does it affect okay exactly. and i know there's gravitational pull but it hits but it keeps on touching on water like the tide exactly you hear you hear about these stories about apparitions being observed walking along the water or you know like a lake. Exactly. Um, you hear them constantly in the basement. Yeah, exactly. You hear about them in the bathroom or uh-huh. coming out of the bathroom. Yes. Um, then, uh, or even the kitchen. Oh, the cabinets are opening and yes. the, the refrigerator door is opening. And it's like, wait a minute. All of these areas, it's not electromagnetics that I'm looking at. I'm looking at humidity. Right. So that's when it was like uh, some of the apparitions that I took a picture. I started comparing an apparition to a cloud. Okay. Well, when you get pictures of them, some, uh, a bunch of times they appear more foggy. Okay. So it's like, okay, well, you can't hold, um, you can't hold a ghost in your hand and you can't hold a cloud in your hand. Right. Um, they appear, sometimes they appear dark. Sometimes they appear light. They can give off a shadow. Yes. So can a cloud. Exactly. Um, now, here's the kicker. The temperature decreases. Yes. But electricity electricity is a heating substance, but it gives off an EMF uh, spike. Exactly. So how does that work? Well, when you look at a thunderstorm, you have a cooling substance in the sky, basically the clouds that are generating the humidity, which results in the rain. But then you have a heating substance. When people get struck by lightning, they don't freeze. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's literally, now you have, uh, and then on top of that, when you have a humidity increase, apparitions appear more. Okay, so you've made a correlation between that. Okay. So, Exactly, and it's basically like that's when I was like, I remember the thunderstorm that uh, that I had uh, 
uh, that we saw shadow figures walking around in our living room. And I had several other instances of it. And I was just like, that's when thunderstorm effect. Okay. And and, and I laugh because, you know, that, that, that thing about, you know, that they say, you know, all the horror stories start, it was a dark and stormy night. It's like, well, yeah, but there is good reason why it's always a dark and stormy night when, you know, the, the things start happening exactly based on what you described, which was for some reason that makes it either, Maybe they're there all along, but it just makes them easier to see or or form or, you know, whatever the process is that they become visible. Okay. Yeah, that I absolutely uh, agree with you as far as that there's things that facilitate it. You know, they're there all along, but that exactly. facilitates it, it. Yeah. It, and that's the thing is that, like, when we looked at other stories, because we didn't just go by our own experiences or investigations we went on. We and reviewed other teams who posted things, uh, mm-hmm. stories. We looked on par- other paranormal like forums, and we would read everyone's stories. When YouTube, they started posting sto- people's stories, we started going on there. We would take stats from books. Like we went all out, and it was basically okay. the same pattern for the most part, okay. which made us question some of the other ones that weren't there weren't, uh, and it was very few that did not have a pattern. Was the story accurate? Okay. Or were they faking it? Were they just trying to get in uh, okay. to TV or something? Right, right. Um, so, but it came to the point that the thunderstorm effect, the whole goal of it was to um, establish uh, a way to try to start pinpointing where specific activity would occur before it happens and what we would expect to happen Um and try to get measurements off of that. And basically, um, if we started noticing that our percentage uh, increase of accuracy, uh, that's when we would, you know, analyze that further and go a step further. Right. Or if we noticed that our, you know, our stats decreased or something like that, we would take a step back and re reevaluate. But that's the thing that actually um, we we did it at a at a restaurant where I, I walked in and I told. Uh, the client, I was like, don't tell me anything about your haunting. Okay. And he was good with it. He knew that we were we were doing an experiment. Um, I walked around and I started pointing out where specific things would happen. And he was like, there was one point where he jumped out. He was just, he goes, I pointed to the kitchen. I was like, high level apparition manifestation. And he goes, oh yeah, I see the guy that comes out. And I'm like, no. Uh, like, ah. like, let me finish. I want to tell you. <laughs> right, but that already confirms something to me. I'm like, whoa, sure. Um, sure. and because we nailed so much of it, he contacted uh, a, univer- a university professor that he knew. Okay, and uh, his name was uh, Dr. John Foley. Unfortunately, he passed in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, he met up with us, and um, you know, I. I couldn't even believe it when I got a phone call. And he was like, oh, I'm Dr. John Foldy from uni- <laughs> uh, State, you know, State New- University of New York. I'm like, and he's, and I'm, I'm like, he wanted to talk to me about my research. I'm like, oh, like I, I thought I was going to pass out at that point. Right, like, yeah, why like, is a professor huh? calling me? <laughs> um, and so I met him, and okay. then I presented this stuff to him. Okay, and he was just like, 
he was like, oh, this is plausible. I would like to work with you further on this. I've got a team based out of New York and California. We do cognitive science research. I'm like, wow. Um, but I was like, I don't have any degree or PhD. He was like, that doesn't matter. No, but you were doing the data gathering. A... That's great. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, that's the part that blew my mind because I'm so used to it being asked, well, what's your degree in and stuff like that. It's like, he, this is a person with a PhD, uh-huh. State University who just right. told me that didn't matter. He said, he basically told me, if no matter who presents it, if it can be proven, exactly, then it doesn't matter. Absolutely, especially so, if you've got the data to back up what, you're, you know, what you claim your theory or your hypothesis is, of course not. No, absolutely not. I mean, I know there's probably a lot of snobs in the academic or scientific circles that are like, oh, he's not a, you know, doesn't have any initials after, you know, no degrees, but the end of the day there's a lot of discoveries and things that are made from people that are not you know doctors or phds or things like that so so he in other words he was he must have definitely seen the value of the inf- information the data you were gathering john and yeah and, it, and that's the thing he he because it actually kind of coincided with his uh with a research project he was working on uh, okay and what was he? What was he working on? That same thing of what, proving what uh, life after death or existence of what was it? What was it that he was, or was it just trying to capture proof of the supernatural, you know, like in a broad sense? No, his was actually more on the intuitive end. Okay. Um, he he, he focused on, um. When basically his his theory, what he called a, is a, the primacy model of consciousness. Okay. And basically, he wanted to show that consciousness uh, can exist okay. uh, in a, in a form outside of the physical body. Okay. Um, so he would go up to the point of uh, being fully alive, intuitive mm-hmm. and everything, astral projection, you name it, okay. and going to just just after death. For me coming into play uh, and our team, we were focusing from the point of death on. Okay. So we were able to provide some of the information that he needed to go with his, and he had stuff that we needed to go with ours. Right, exactly. Exactly. And I imagine he was also looking at like what would what they call intelligent hauntings which it's not like okay it's not like oh you're seeing like a videotape of something that doesn't engage with the living it's when you have some type of apparition or whether you see it or hear it that you could see that it actually is aware of you or the people that are there which shows mm-hmm. some type of in, of self-awareness um yeah i mean we we did provide uh, some information to him, but I mean, like even our team, we we sway away from what's traditionally in the paranormal field, including uh, even the terms. Um, okay. Some of the stuff that we presented to him, because when he asked for the terminology, because he wanted to study it, and I'm just like, "Are you really sure you want me to give you this? Because we don't even go by this." Um, and he was like, he wanted to see it. He looked through it, and he was just like, "Let's stick with science." And he just <laughs> tossed it aside, like he just was like, "No." I was just like, I was like, I told you, like, um, he, which I expected from him, 
Um, you know, and, and I brought up some of the theories that are in the field, which I was like, it, 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 this goes back to that neutral frame of mind. It's just like, well, you know what? We have stuff that contradicts it, but I don't have everything to say that this isn't part, or at least part of it's not possible, you okay. know? Um, so the, 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 the hypothesis and theories that are currently in the field, they're in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, in case something, some data pops up that I'm like, oh, okay, this supports this now. Now right. maybe I need to look at this further. Um, but basically when we started doing our research, we had that knowledge. But instead of focusing on that, we were like, let's start from the ground up, from the, from the get-go or from the beginning, and let's see if our data that we get from everything supports these theories and then we'll continue along with them basically okay. verifying essentially verifying science within uh, ver- verifying the science behind it with science right um and uh, unfortunately the majority of the stuff that we found mm-hmm. uh, hasn't led us back to the, the the current theories and hypothesis that are out there really what did you find or is it too mm-hmm. Or is that, or are you not ready to let that out as far as, which is good because, you know, some people, they, they, in other words, they have a conclusion in mind and then they provide the, their findings based on what they want the conclusion to be, you know? So, but it sounds like you kept an open mind because you're saying that it did, where it led was not what you originally thought it was going to lead. Exactly. Um, I mean, like I said, we, we, we kept the thought the thought process there, but mm-hmm. when the data was not adding up to it, right? It's just like, okay, well, where did this come from? Um, so that that became another question for us. Is like, okay, well, somehow this hypothesis or theory that was developed in the field came from somewhere, or did somebody just you know spit it up right. and say, here you go? You know, which I know there are people who do do that. It's just sure. like they have an experience and they're like, well, here it is. Right. Um, exactly, and it's just like uh, I I always keep and I, I I'm getting conscious of it now is where I'm like I keep on and I just did it again where I go it's like <laughs> I think I've probably that a hundred times during this. <laughs> Don't worry about it. And I'm going to ask you because I'm really curious. You mentioned that this uh, this professor passed away in 2014. Has he ever? Have you? How can I say, has he reached out to you? Have you ever had any feeling or anything that you say, you know what, he passed on and he's either might be trying to lend a hand or saying, hey, I'm out, I'm okay and I hope you guys do well. What, have you ever had any communication or anything from him after he passed away? Um, we didn't actually try um, using any equipment to try to reach him, but mm-hmm. uh, we do have... Uh, a few intuitive consultants on the team, our main one, Reggie, there was one point where we were going over some, like analyzing some stuff and throwing out theories or hypothesis and stuff. And he was just like, he looks at me and he goes, guess who has been standing here the entire time? And he was grinning. And it was just like, I'm like, I'm thinking it's going to be a relative. And he just goes, Dr. John Foley says you're on the right track. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. And I'm like, I said, if he's not here anymore, tell him I said hi in some way because I was like, and that we really miss him. Um, 
and he was pulled away. I mean, he was taken away in, in the worst time because we, he was telling us to get a quote unquote wish list together. And there was a piece of equipment that we were developing or mm-hmm. that we wanted to develop. Okay. He had all the connections. He was going to get a grant and he was going to write us into that grant. Okay. And then when we had almost all the stuff together, we were going to approach him and um, I was still finalizing and typing everything out. One day I'm driving home and Reggie calls and he, you know, I'm driving at the time and he was like, um, John, if you're not too far away from my place, can you stop by? I don't want to talk to you while you're driving. No problem. So I drove over because he doesn't normally do that at all. Right. Yeah. Um, Reggie was literally waiting for me um, outside of his place. And he just hopped right into the car. He was like, the re- there's a good reason why I did not want to talk to you while you were driving. I just want to let you know that Dr. John Foldy has passed. You must have been shocked. And I, 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 and that's the thing is I stopped and I stared probably for at least a minute. Like Reggie said, I was just like, I just wasn't there. And it was like, at that point, all I remember is all the talks that we had. Mm-hmm. all the ideas that we had and wow. i just remember it was just like glass shattering okay like right yeah he was he every, was your uh, mentor every, the, yeah and 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 the fact that we were about to possibly get something or several things innovative things done mm-hmm. um that would have been a huge benefit to everyone in the field right and now we don't have the means to do it. It was just like, what are we going to do now? Right, and I see you know, what you're saying. Dr. That's... John Foley was one in a million, you know. And that's a shame. And let, unfortunately, what there was nobody else that took over what he was doing that you could have worked with. Uh, no one that I had actually met. I, I met uh, one person, but it was very it was very quick because he was running to a meeting. But he introduced me to. Uh, one professor, um, but I don't know any of his contacts out in California. Oh, okay. um, I know he, because he originally had taught in a, at a university in California. I see. Um, okay. And it was just like, so he had connections, but the thing is, is that I never got to the point where I could sit down with this team because our, our schedules just constantly conflict. Okay. Okay. Um, so he was basically the liaison. Sure. Yeah. And that, that right there. You're absolutely right. That's that's the one link in the chain that once it was gone, it's like okay, everything comes to a complete standstill. So what happened? That was what four and years ago. So what you've carried on the research on your end is within what <clears throat> within what you're able to do then, right? Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, my my brother, he he was in and out of the picture. He has just come back in. Okay. Um, and I put him. Uh, I have him in charge of the the, the science branch. Um, and, uh, there was some new things that came about that were, uh, that came, you know, when I, we, we, I showed him more because I had lost contact with him for a little while. Um, and you know, he knew a little bit about the thunderstorm effect theory, but then I finally showed him more and he, I didn't realize how much advanced knowledge he has, how far he is, he has come, uh, and I'm just like, when we started talking, it's like he never knew I was 
a, uh, this had the knowledge that I had. And I didn't know he was like how he is. It was like I was. Wow. It was like we were almost meeting new people. Okay. Um. So we started doing. Um. He finally got to see the thunderstorm effect in action. Okay. And it was actually during a thunderstorm that was the best part. Um. Oh. And he he start, We started using another method of taking uh, uh, photos. Okay. And we started capturing more apparitions. And so let and me ask you, like, are you going into, you know, to, 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 to test some of these theories? Is it that, let's say, somebody calls you from, a, let's say, a location, says, I'm having these experiences, or I think it's haunted, and you go in there? Or are you going into certain places that are, let's say, have a reputation for being haunted? Uh, both. Okay. Um, the, when we do go to investigate a location, mm-hmm. um, we still we'll still do some of the the, the typical stuff. Um, but what we'll you know we may we may tr- um, try some additional stuff while we're while we're there while we're doing the investigation. Um, but we're still going to gather all the information, still present it, and what we end up doing after the investigation, after, uh, you know, we close up the case and every, you know, everything's hunky dory. Right. Um, we don't, we don't just take the case file and put it away. We take all the case, we take all the statistics and start plugging away, uh, analyzing them. And then we pull out all the cases again and start reviewing everything. What can we do better? What did we learn from this? Do we see a pattern from anything that we got here to all these other cases? Um, and we start looking at at the progress and what we can do next. Right. Um, we did go to several other uh, locations um, where we just did it strictly for research purposes. You know, okay. um, uh, we did that recently uh, with the the Hinsdale House. Okay. Uh, and uh, Wildwood Sanitarium were our last two that we just did that. And let, let me ask you, the, um, the book that you wrote, the Paranormal Puzzle Book, is this based on mm-hmm. your personal experiences or did you go into your what you've done now as a research group? Um, it's a combination and okay. it's, it's kind of a book that if people, well, first off, they have to know my sense of humor because okay. even my brother, um, my brother goes and he's just like, you know, finally he when we're when we're talking and we're really going into depth and he hears my sarcasm, now he can go to the book and go, Oh, okay, that's John. <laughs> that's him. Um it's it that's uh, the paranormal puzzle, that, that that's uh that's the name of the approach that we use. Okay. Um so basically, um I don't give the answers in the book. It, I, I may talk, I'll give a little history about, about myself and some of the experiences. Okay. Um, I'll also talk about some of my frustrations. Okay. Um, but then I start ha- hammering on specific topics, but they're topics in all different categories. I hit numerology, apparitions, and ufology, mm-hmm. and Nibiru, and all that type of stuff. Okay. But it's like, do you, my goal is, when the person gets done with the book, can they see the hidden messages? 
let me ask you, do you think that there's a common thread or, or connection between all these different fields? And I mean, I know some of them are totally unrelated, but at the same time, is it because you think that there's certain times that things occur or they're visible or people can witness it? In other words, is there a cycle that's attached? Like, let's say ufo ufology. Is there a cycle of mm -hmm. when certain sightings are seen in certain places, etc.? Have you found a common theme amongst all these different topics? There has been. One thing does lead to another. Um, it basically, I mean, not everything hits, hits in every category, obviously. Um, but, like, if, you know, and this will hit a very, very touchy topic. Go ahead. Um, but... Like, for instance, when I look at, look at ancient texts such as the Bible. Right. I'll, I'll look at that and I'll hit, you know, I start looking through and I'm like, wait a minute. This part is demonology. Mm -hmm. This part is numerology. This okay. part is astrology. Okay. And then I start, and then there's some portions where I'm like, wait a minute. This description almost sounds similar to something in ufology. All right. And then that's where I start connecting everything. And then I'm like, you know what? Okay, there's, there's this Bible. Well, what does this ancient text say? And then I'll go to Sumerian, and mm -hmm. then I'll go to this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, what are the connections? What are the similarities, and what are the differences, and what was the cause of these differences? Right, um, exactly. And, I yeah. mean, so... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, no, I'm saying that I know that... that if, oh. depending of course everybody has their own that they say well you know that there's a lot of the ancient texts including the bible among others that sometimes when you look at them there's a similar theme um, you know of course they change the names but they have a certain theme that's like hey that's the same theme that they had in this culture this civilization yeah of course in that it had different names but the theme is recurring you know and it's almost mm -hmm. like um, I want to say, you know, like when they take these movies back from the 70s and they repackage them nowadays and they, you know, they put out a new version of it or <clears throat> or it's almost sometimes you find that in some of these different ancient civilizations where it's the same theme, especially in the religious beliefs or if they have a pantheon of gods or whatever it is, sometimes you do find a lot of similarities, even though they're hundreds of years apart as far as when they were being practiced. Well, and here's another interesting thing to, to hit on, uh, like, Nibiru. Mm -hmm. I was starting to develop a hypothesis of um, not exact terminology, but it's the best way I could say it. Um, the hypothesis about, quote-unquote, ghost planets. Okay. Um, it made me question, because there are times that it's like, okay, sometimes you see this uh, alleged, this red... Uh, this other red planetary system nearby, and it's like, okay, okay, but then other times you don't. But then there was a point that I caught um, on a live CCTV uh, uh, camera. Um, I forgot what the location exactly was, but mm -hmm. when I reviewed it, I noticed there was a red planetary system, and I was like, okay, <laughs> this could be right. this could be lens flare. I'm like, okay. well, there's got to be another camera in the area. I'm okay. hoping. 
sure enough, there was. Okay. So I compared the I compared the distance of the objects in both footage. I compared the timing. I compared anything I could possibly think of. I even saw the reflection of the object in the water. Okay. I'm like, I'm like, okay. Now what I noticed was that this thing keeps on appearing as red. Now it doesn't, and it ha, it seems to have an effect. Like what I what I ended up doing was, and it, it could or could not be the effect of this. But I noticed that during this time period when this appeared, one, it appeared in the Torah codes from a, a professional Torah code researcher. Okay. Um, it made it appear he figured that this he said that this thing would appear during this time frame prior to it happening. Then it appeared. And he said that it would bring destruction. Well, sure enough, volcanoes were erupting. There was huge wow. earthquakes. I, it was the one in Chile. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, maybe because this uh, planetary systems are known for having some type of effect on each other. Okay. Um, such as like when you have the solar flares and they shoot towards Earth, they exactly. can create environment, uh, other environmental issues. Sure. So who's to say that this isn't doing anything? Um, because it's, it's right. from what I'm seeing, it's near the sun. Um, what I found interesting, too, is that it usually appears around, uh, around the sun, but it's like, okay, when I, when I see a bunch of pictures of uh, uh, ghosts, a lot of them may appear, like when they use a full-spectrum camera, they appear reddish. And I'm like, okay, so something's appearing reddish. They and then there's this thing that's reddish. It it started to raise the question, you know, if I have an understanding of what's going on here spiritually on Earth, could some of the stuff that we because we we can't pretend that we <laughs> uh, that we understand everything that happens on Earth. Oh no, no, absolutely not. We just we can't. So how are we to understand? What happens in the universe? Well, with the with the universe, what's happening out there, there could be some explanations of things that happen down here that we don't have an explanation for that could be explaining what's going on up there. Okay. Um, so that's one of the thought processes because it seems like there's a, a chain reaction. Right. The, the the sun shoots a solar flare, which creates a something or you know creates some uh, weather related issues on right. Earth. And then the weather-related issues causes stuff on the surface, and then spiritual activity happens. It just seems like it's one thing after the other. Right, it's like exactly. a chain reaction. Exactly. And I and I know what you're saying. Even though you think of these things as totally un- unconnected, in other words, on the on the face of it, you're saying, you know what? I when you look at all the data, there is a, some type of cycle or something that you see that's being affected, and this is being affected, and this is being, all at the same time. Be, based on either like you said a solar flare or whatever it is but if you're looking at each of these areas independently you don't realize wow isn't that weird that at the same time these other things there's either a spike like you said maybe in uh let's say people that are witnessing ufos this is an example or there's a spike in people seeing apparitions you know whatever the case might be huh mm-hmm. That's very interesting. And there's to, to to bring that down um, even further because I mean that was more of a wider scope type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows? Uh, you know, I'm not going to pretend to say that that's 
or, or I'm not going to say that, you know, this is definitely 100% or 100% it. it I could be 100% wrong and it's nothing. Right. Um, so, I mean, but like, let's take a look at uh, something even uh, smaller than that. If you go to apparitions, well, there was one thing that common thing that kept on happening with the intuitives on my team. And this is why I would not let them review like CCTV footage and, and, and uh, audio Okay. because they would keep on saying, Oh, look, you know, Oh, look at the kid. You see the kid right there. And it's, I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, there's nothing there. But then I'm like, they're talking about seeing, they're not, they're not sitting there meditating and gathering right. energy or anything like that. They're literally just walking up and going, Oh my goodness, there's the kid. Oh yeah. The little boy. And you got another intuitive. And you're like, like, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> uh, and you're like, well, we're a little boy. <laughs> okay. And so at the time, I'm sitting there going, and this is why you guys do not review this stuff. But then I decided, wait a minute. Okay. What if they are capable of seeing things with, you know, even on mo the monitor okay. that I can't see? So we did an experiment. Okay. We actually bet went um, – we went to a location, and mm -hmm. I set one. I set up a person that did not have intuitive abilities with a person that um, had intuitive abilities at our command base. And I, we, when we set up the cameras, I basically walked around with one of the other intuitives and basically tried to say, "If you want to talk to us, can you please go up in front of that camera right there and wave, and they will send us to you." So okay. I was hoping that they would be compliant and the place that we went to, they were known for being compliant. Okay. Um, so we started and one of the intuitives said, or the intuitive that was sitting at the, uh, at the base called over okay. um, and said, go over to the kitchen. There is a man standing there. Okay. So we went there. All right. I'm like, so we start asking questions. He she comes over the walkie and she goes, um, "Ask him about his, uh, his uh, ask him about his right hand." And I'm like, "Okay." So we caught an EVP that said right hand. Oh. Now, she said it was a male, and that her his hand his right hand was burnt. Okay. And then we catch a male on audio at the location where she said the person was standing saying right hand okay now that i mean that wasn't the only instance but that was just like that was the first right in other so, words she, and she's seeing this on the camera she's seeing this in other words she's seeing that location via a camera like a, a camera was trained on it and she's looking at a monitor yep okay so then that led me to studying about the eyes. Yes. What what does the eye what do the eyes do? You know, what are they registering and how do they how do they work? Well, they're focusing on uh, and I wanted to know as people get older, what happens to the eyes as well. Right. Well they they register um the, the different uh, different color spectrums and all all different colors are on their own unique wavelengths. Exactly. Um, well, knowing this, um, I was like, okay, wait a minute. 
these full spectrum cameras pick up these spectrums. Yes. Does this mean that their eyes, that, that this is not some type of supernatural ability, that this is just how their body developed, that their eyes are capable of registering this? Then that made me wonder about the development of a per, uh, an intuitive, how they develop throughout their life. Exactly. Um, then with the kids, it, the studies have shown kids hear and see better than adults. Okay. And now as I was getting older, I saw and saw less and less and less and less and yes. heard less and less and less and less. Yes. Did the haunting go away then? I don't think Or it was did. it just... Oh, right. And that's it. So this started to look at to the point that this wasn't becoming... Uh, some of the stuff, I'm not saying, you know, the third eye doesn't exist or anything of that sort. Oh, no, 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 I know some what you're saying. Some of the saying. other things, it's basically some of the stuff that is actually happening that intuitives are picking up on have nothing to do with supernatural abilities. Um, and basically what we're, what I noticed with them, and I would ask a bunch of questions with several intuitives, they would tell me, oh, well, I can hear, but I can't see them. And others I can see, but I can't hear them. And others can feel them, but they can't see or hear them. I'm like, these are the, these are the senses. These are the exactly. typical senses. Exactly. Exactly. And so I did a, oh, sorry, cut. <laughs> no, no, but you know what? And, and you made a good point. Like you said, when I was young, you know, which is when before we get a filter, you were open to it and you saw, as a matter of fact, more probably than you wanted to see or hear. But then as we grow up, like you said, that we kind of like get that filter up, which we do. And we get it about seven, about the ages of seven or eight. Not that we don't see, but we kind of don't accept things at face value. All right. Which is, you know what? As a matter of fact, a lot of people say, you know, when kids say they have imaginary playmates, how many of those playmates are really imaginary? It's just that kids, they accept it. They, it's, it's like, okay, why not? Um... So I think a lot of it, especially with the human mind, is what you accept in your mind and your subconscious mind is like, I can see that, I can hear that. Or versus, I'm not seeing that, so I just don't see it. I think we have a, a lot of power on a subconscious level o over what we allow ourselves to see or hear or witness based on your belief system or maybe even fear. <laughs> especially, let's say like somebody like yourself that had these experiences when you were young, which sounds like they were pretty traumatic and it was a systemic you know trauma series that you had because they were pretty negative where you got at some point besides the critical factor going up in your mind where it's like I don't want to hear I don't want to see because that ability for me was horrible okay even though it sounds like you had some positive ones overall it sounded like you went through a lot of years being scared and that's a tough thing for a kid as far as the adult that you become. So I think, you know, up to a certain point, I think you're right. And I think a lot of times it's what we allow ourselves or believe that we can see. And I know where you're going, where it's, it's always there. It's not that somebody's special is that they're just somehow able, being able to tap into what's there. Well, just to, to add to that, and, and that's the thing is like, uh, you know, not dismiss not dismissing that um at all about the the subconscious part because uh, again we're not going to fully uh, at least right now understand it and uh you know and i don't i go against that entire belief that 
the whole thing of you know things won't get things can't be explained it's no if you're not the only way it's not going to get explained is if one you have that attitude and two um you aren't trying um if 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 it can happen science says there's an explanation it can it, it physics and all that type of stuff it can be explained it's just it may be beyond our understanding right now because we're missing pieces but um when it comes down to uh, the thing I was going to bring up, uh, Reggie, mm-hmm. uh, actually Reggie and, and the other intuitive, um, right. basically one said that they could hear a dog whistle. Okay. I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, at the time, of course, I'm like, well, maybe let's try this. So one of the investigators, while while uh, she was in the kitchen, snuck up and uh, blew one of the high-pitched dog whistles that are beyond um, the okay. average human hearing. Okay. She turned around. She grabbed her ear, turned around, and just yelled at him. Wow. And, well, of course, the, the investigator turns to me, smiles, and is like, it worked. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that, that was great. That would be proof that she proved that she was that she was right. Yeah. yeah. And But now here's another kicker. We tried Reggie. Okay. Now, Reggie didn't register with a dog whistle, so what I did was I had him face away from me. I brought up a, a freak, um, like a frequency test okay. um, on, on the computer, and I would just have him raise his hand when he would start hearing anything. Okay. And we did it for quite a while mm-hmm. where I kept on going from, you know, zero hertz and just all the way up and there was one point where you know i just kind of skipped around he kept on raising his hand at five hertz okay now that uh the the average human hearing which is mostly for a kid is 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz okay he hears 15 hertz below the average human hearing okay or excuse um yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, sorry. right. And, um, and yeah. Y- so, yeah, you did something similar to when they do hearing tests, you know, to see, you know, to f- check your level of, you know, where you're hearing, you know, especially if somebody's ha- mm-hmm. getting problems with, uh, you know, being, losing their hearing ability. So, but what you're saying is he had kind of like super hearing because he was able to hear uh, sounds that most humans cannot hear. Yeah, he was hearing low frequency but the interesting thing was how the other one was hearing above the 20 kilohertz okay but they both they're both capable of hearing um hearing entities um reggie more so reggie he he gets a lot better responses uh uh than than the other one does but it was just kind of like i'm like okay um I figured this would be a way that we can limit down the frequency that right. they're on. Right. And I was like, oh, this does not help. Well, no, yeah. Well, but, it's like one door opens, you know, you, you go there and it's like, okay, well, now that we got, <laughs> yeah, of course, that, that's, that's exactly what happens when you're trying to, you know, but that's really interesting that you did that, that you were able, that, that you found that they were, that they're hearing, uh, in other words, be able to measure it at what point they were actually hearing. Well, it got even. Go ahead. 
it got even better, a okay. little bit better. Um, because after we figured that out that point, because I um, looked into sound even more and I, I decided to ask a question, can you feel sound? Okay. And what is the reaction if you can feel it? Well, the answer was yes. And you can feel sound. Well, I mean, obviously, if there's like higher pitches or something like that, but in the lower frequency, you can actually feel it just before you can hear it. And you may get things like goosebumps or the okay. hair stands up on end. Okay. And I'm like, wait a second. This is a typical feeling when somebody feels there's a presence in the room. What if it's not just the presence in the room? What if they're actually trying to talk to you and it's just before you can hear them? Exactly. That's interesting. What? Yes. Yes. So I tried that with Reggie too. I was just like, you know, I, I told him, okay, when you start to feel something, let me know. And it was always just before the five hertz. Huh. Huh. Wow. That is a super, super, super interesting theme you've got. That theory is, see, that that in and of itself, man, let me tell you something. That right there would be so interesting to explore that further, John, because that that you described is what a lot of people describe is when they, even before they actually hear or see something exactly what you described this you know either their you know their hair stands on end or or their skin prickles or something is the first thing they feel when they might think that something supernatural paranormal is in the area that's their first sign or the most common one mm -hmm. in other words that most people will will describe like oh i, I got this feeling and you know my hair stood on end or or my you know my skin prickled and you know, and sometimes you get a cold spot, sometimes you don't. But that thing that you said that this is right before and the fact that maybe what it is is the effect of that entity or whatever it is trying to communicate in whatever way they can. And because then you go into the, well, how can something that supposedly doesn't have vocal cords be able to communicate? So it's like, I mean, it could <laughs> we could extrapolate that in a different, but that is so interesting. What? Hmm. Oh, we've hit on that. That that was one of the questions I hit on was, this, this these beings aren't physical. Right. How is this even how is this even possible? But we've been developing things internally about that. And here's the kicker to this: most of the stuff that I've talked about, right. this was stuff from years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay. we've gone. We're, we're actually beyond that point um, where we have even more that we've discovered that we have not disclosed. Okay. Uh, to the public yet. God, that sounds so interesting. Um, what are you waiting for? <laughs> what are you waiting well, for? Another book? Are you going to or are you going to, I mean, that is. Uh, we're starting up a, we're actually starting up a web series and a Patreon page. Okay. Okay. Um, and we're going to start um, displaying that's uh, uh, some of the stuff there. Um, okay. And, Basically, it's it's another way that we're trying to um, to get ourselves uh, uh, to be able to you know travel around more and, sure. and and get other people involved because the one thing that we've said and it's it's in the book uh, too where I say everyone has a piece to the puzzle. Yes. Um, everybody has specialties um, 
that like you know obviously I'm not going to specialize uh, in you know all these uh, all these other areas. I'll have great knowledge in one area, but I'm not going to sit there and pretend I you know uh, right. know other Absolutely. things that other people specialize in. So yeah. that's where they come in. Right. So why would I dismiss other people who may have you know a missing piece? Where they could bring it in. I mean, to me, that would just be it, it. At this point, it would be selfish if I was just like, you know what, this is all going to be me. We're in this together. Sure. Yeah. I think even the biggest disbelievers, you know, like, you know, how everybody says, you know, when Houdini was, you know, going around trying to debunk all the different mediums. I think, you know, I think he was the one that wanted to believe harder than anybody else. And I think that's why he was going around debunking all, you know, saying all mediums were charlatans. I think he was the one that wanted the most to believe in an afterlife and I think he was desperate mm -hmm. I think he was kind of upset that he wasn't running across I don't think it wasn't the one that would give him the proof that he like could believe and uh, I think that like yeah. even though the people that the biggest skeptics sometimes are the ones that most want to be to believe that there is something that happens to us our consciousness our self-awareness whatever it is after we shed our bodies you know, like in other words, it's that's the dirt nap. That's not the end of it. So, mm -hmm. which is what you're talking about. And, and yeah, and we we go even well beyond uh, spiritual activity because the way we see it, the the paranormal puzzle. Um, and my brother asked me, you know, what is the paranormal puzzle? Because I keep on talking about it. I'm just like, it's the answer about life. Sure. The existence. Exactly. It's. It, it, the spiritual activity, it's considered unnatural. In actuality, it's a natural phenomenon with no explanation. Right. Everything that happens, though unusual, has a natural explanation. We just don't have exactly that specific explanation. Right, to understand it. And so it stays in the realm of that. Then, of course, and that's the thing, a lot of the theories sometimes... They're very difficult to reproduce, which is a lot of times what science wants. It wants a model. It wants something that you could say, do this and this and this, and it'll reproduce. And in this field, sometimes you, that doesn't. Sometimes it does, but other times it doesn't. Sometimes it could be because there's a differences among individuals that are involved. It could be like what you mm -hmm. said. Sometimes weather-related. It could be a cycle. It could be. I mean, there's so many variables in there that don't allow things to be reproduced to where, let's say, a lot of the scientific community will say, okay, that's a, that's a valid, uh, that, that you proved it. In other words, like you said, it's there. We, you proved it. Uh, I think there's so many variables. <laughs> and, and listening to you, there's more than what a lot of people think of, you know, as to uh, one can, what can cause certain phenomena to manifest or if not manifest enough so that are the humans that are there their senses can pick it up mm -hmm. maybe more some more than other depending like you said on their abilities or i think it also has to do with past experiences and i'm, I'm sure you've heard the theory john you know how there's people say well you know being psychic runs in my family i personally don't believe in that i mm -hmm. think we all have that capability okay but now Let's say let's say you come from one of these families where you say, you know, your grandmother, your aunt or whoever, they were psychic and you're told that as your kid, you start believing in that. 
and you start in other words your filters of disbelief or that not being possible of course you're going to be more than likely to be psychic than maybe the person who's told or grows up in a household where they act absolutely that's not true and then if you add into the mix somebody like yourself that had these experiences as a child okay you are probably more prone or uh, of have the ability to witness any type of phenomena for whatever reason mm -hmm. you know i have found in my experience that especially even as children were growing up people that by nature or because of circumstances surrounding them are a little bit on the hypervigilant side tend to be able to mm -hmm. witness psychic phenomena more often and easily as they grow it's almost like their hypervigilance allows them to take in certain details that escape other people who are not. You see what I'm saying? They pick up mm -hmm. on certain cues, even sometimes on a subconscious level, where they just see things. Whether it's, well, whether they see it or they hear it or they feel something because of that hypervigilance that's part of either, like I said, part of their nature or something that's going on around them that makes them be hypervigilant. Okay, I found that a lot, a lot about among people that later on as they grow up, uh, they're able to see or feel things, sensitives, uh, mediums, psychics, whatever. They all have that background somewhere back there, you know, but I think we all have it. I, th I think that un if we all, <coughs> in other words, we all have that ability, just some people don't develop it either by choice mm -hmm. or because they just don't believe they have it. Or in some cases, they don't want to. <laughs> yeah, some people like they just they don't want to. They want to, the the things that they can touch, feel like you know, they don't want to have anything to do with anything like that. Much less develop any type of uh, thing outside of their five or you know the five senses that we know of. You know that that I think like like I said, I don't think that the thing that is a genetic thing. I don't believe in that. I think we all have it. It's just what happens with it. And in your case, mm -hmm. let me ask you now, now that you're an adult and you've gone in there and you're, you, you're saying that you have psych, you know, sensitives or psychics, I don't know how you're using them in your team. Has, have you mm -hmm. seen or heard anything yourself? This based on your experiences as a child, because obviously you can see things or hear and hear things. Um, I, I have developed, um, some intuitive abilities more practicing them. I mean, it's used more um, on a more experimental, but at the same time, spiritual basis. But I don't let uh, uh, I don't let that um, overshadow right. um, what I'm finding. I don't want that to be like that is the that is the end all. This right. you know, I don't need science. Um, because science is going to explain why I'm able to do something. Um, so, and my brother too, I mean, uh, my brother and I recently, like he has, <sighs> I can't even explain it. Um, it, he just, there was, there was one point where, um, you know, there was a point where it, I could, didn't, you know, I could sit there and go, maybe like I had that, you know, but it was just like, you're going from, 
you know, whether they believe or not to now you can hear them and all that type of stuff. So it's just kind of like I'm sitting back and he, he, at one point he was like, do you not believe me? Like, and, you know, and I told him and it was the truth that I, I can't say yes or no because I have no evidence. I have no data to back yours up yet. So, um, it, there was one point I went over to our house and he kept on saying that he heard our great grandmother and great grandpa. Okay. And finally, I'm standing there, um, and I'm talking to him, and I hear a female voice mumbling. Okay. And I turn, and and we both look at the same place. Okay. And I look at him, and he's like, so you heard that? You heard the female, right? I'm like, wait a second. So these stories that he's telling me about, about hearing – hearing a female and potentially being our great grandmother is correct. And then he was talking to, or I would usually, I mean, criminal justice is I always go with the allegedly, mm-hmm. allegedly talking to my great grandpa down in the basement. Uh, well, it's not really a basement, but, and he, he asked a question and I, we literally, I literally heard with the naked ear, Okay. No abilities or anything. I just heard with the naked ear. I heard my grand great grandpa respond. Wow. I heard one word. He heard an entire sentence. Okay. But the entire sentence had the word that I heard. Right. And okay. he he was so happy to the point that he was almost in tears because he was like, "So I'm not crazy." And it was just like I I, I felt bad almost because. He's he's very scientific, very very. I mean, if people when if people were to listen to my brother and I talk, I mean, we get into really deep conversations, and you know, it, there was a point where he just felt. I could tell that he could. He might have been bothered that I didn't believe him at first. Right. And it made him question himself, and that's the part where I kind of like feel feel bad about. But I made sure to, for him to understand that, just like him, I don't want to jump to a conclusion and say yes, a hundred percent, this is what it is. Right. Um, so what you're saying is, let's let's say let's say you went to a location, and mm-hmm. and let's say you being able to hear and see things, whatever the case might be. Let's say you. You're there trying to do conduct a scientific investigation, and you hear, um, well, we're going to say hear, hear what sounds like a female voice. You don't want to jump to the conclusion that there's a female spirit there just because you're hearing it. You want to be able to document. In other words, you want to put that part of whatever you might be able up away from the process of what you're doing. You want the proof and not say, well, or, or for, for it to be subjective because, hey, you know what? I heard what sounded like a woman's voice, so I'm going to assume that there's a spirit here and that it's a woman. You're trying to stay away from that oh, yeah. because you're trying to do the scientific thing. Yeah, well, one, I mean, one, uh, that, that woman could actually be a, a kid for all we sure. know, depending on how light the voice is. And the other, the other part is, well, I want to document that I heard the woman, mm-hmm. and then when it comes back to the recording... Like, okay, 
there was a woman that I heard. Well, here's the time that we heard it, and here's the ear that I heard it through, right. and this is the direction that it came from. And the recorder, which hand was it in? Was it closer? Was it farther? Um, so I could measure, like, distance. Right, um, right. Like, it, 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 just, just saying that I hear it, okay, it, at that point, it's a personal experience. We will document that we right. had that personal experience because who knows whether that's going to come back, and it has before. Sure. Um, but it's always great to have multiple things that come together, and it can form a bigger picture. Right, and no, and I know what you're saying. And, and at this point, you're saying, you know what? People can say they hear or see things, which doesn't mean, I know what you're saying, doesn't mean it didn't happen, you don't witness it, it doesn't, it's not occurring, but you want to be able to find proof that that's exactly, that there's a correlation, like you said, I heard it, but I want to see that if I had a recording going on it, they heard it as well. Exactly, and the other thing too is also sometimes we'll have two people in the room and we'll have uh, a recorder right on each side of the room or we may have three and it's like okay you know we want to see how it registers sometimes we you know let's say the person does hear but it doesn't catch on the recorders doesn't mean that it wasn't actually heard but exactly. then i have to ask the question well if the person you know let's say two people let's go with two people you get my myself and another person who hears the same thing but it doesn't capture on on doesn't sure. get caught on the recording well, why did we both hear it and the recordings didn't? What was what was the equation that that played into this? Right, and that's that's a very important thing because you know what? Don't get me wrong. I absolutely understand where you're coming from as far as capturing evidence, but sometimes you will have that where you will have the humans witness something, whether it's seeing or hearing, and cameras or recording devices don't pick it up, and vice versa. You know where you capture it mm -hmm. on film. Uh, on a recording and the humans are like totally oblivious and, but, and then you get the other way around and then you ask yourself exactly what you said why isn't it being captured across the board or how is it the humans are hearing or seeing it and the equipment, the electronic equipment there's nothing there and it just it is actually another form of if you think about it, it is another form of evidence not if we only limit it down to what the equipment gets, we're we're setting our own or setting ourselves up for failure, because the human body could also be essentially a piece of equipment. Sure. It, um, I mean, you know, like some things like even medical conditions, you don't always have something visible to indicate that there's a medical problem. You can't always sure. see a, a, a cut or something. Right. That doesn't mean that nothing's there. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, I and absolutely. I think that there's, and I and and sometimes I think that there's a lot more progress being made as far as what our immediate five senses tell us. Okay, as far as what's actually there. Sometimes we have things, and I'm going to go back to subconscious because I'm a subconscious behaviorist, and that's why I'm going to hit up on the subconscious again. Sometimes that our subconscious mind is picking up on it. Our conscious mind isn't. Okay. And mm -hmm. because we're busy, we're, we're living life. We're, you know, but our subconscious mind is picking up on it. It's very subtle clues uh, or things on the periphery of what we think we're looking at. 
and that feeds sometimes into experiences that we're having you know as far as sometimes giving you certain feelings uh or sometimes people will say i i mean and i'm gonna give you an example i'm gonna segue up to something people sometimes have been in situations where they were in a dangerous situation where there was danger about and they weren't picking up on it but their subconscious mind was in other words their eyes were really catching hey you know what there's somebody standing in that bush in the shadows for example and Mm -hmm. they start getting like fearful they want to dismiss it thinking oh it's my imagination but it is what it is. You actually mm-hmm. are picking up on it on a subconscious level. Your subconscious is trying to tap you on the shoulder really hard like, hey, you know what? You're in danger. I think there's somebody that wants to mug you that's standing over there in the shadows behind that bush. And unfortunately, some people pay attention mm-hmm. to it and say, you know what? What they call that gut feeling. I need to get out of here. <laughs> or I don't understand why. And then there's the people that poo-poo it because there's, oh, it's just my imagination. Then something happens to them. And then they're, you know, they'll recount where, you know what? I had this feeling before it happened that I was in danger and that's why I'm saying sometimes you know especially when it comes to detailing or how can I say recording how we're aware of certain things if mm-hmm. the, the subconscious mind does have something to do with it. and then I know and I know what you're saying about the third eye but you know how much of it is actually captured by our the senses we have outside of the Mm-hmm. You know, of the psychic or the sensitive. And I know there's sometimes other things that, um, let's say, certain people with psychic abilities will pick up on that. There's just no way that they would be able to know about this. In other words, this is not your subconscious talking to you because you're getting information that there's just possibly no way that you knew ab- about on a subconscious level. And I think that's where a lot of your mm-hmm. theories, I think, are so interesting because you want to try to narrow that field down as far as to reproduce or what causes certain things to occur the way they do and be able to capture it and say well you know what not that it's not phenomena but this is the circumstances that it sometimes occurs under like you said you f- you're finding like a a commonality in some of these occurrences which by the way that to me the one that I'm really hung up on is that thing that you did with the uh with a hearing for your sensitives on your team and what they experience that to me is like that's mind blowing. And that's that's. Go ahead. Well, and, and 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 I uh, uh, the it, the I mean uh, going along or you know even away from the equipment um the one of the theories that you um that you mentioned that that we uh, that we listed uh, the demonic frequency we mm-hmm. also call uh, the the spiritual frequency also. Okay. Um, it actually. The research behind that was less equipment, more subconscious, and okay. um, uh, n- maybe not necessarily intuitive. But mm-hmm. we, it, it was a, it was a correlation of between um, between uh, uh, ancient texts, some of the activity that we've experienced, some of the stories, okay. and then testing it out ourselves. Okay. Um, and what it led to was we we were able to start figuring out when this quote unquote bad luck um, would occur. Okay. And and pinpointing what could be the root cause of this to the point that uh, 
and, and we actually have one of the uh, uh, testimonials up on our site for this. It was a person from Texas, and mm-hmm. I used uh, the demonic frequency theory um, to basically um, figure out what the issue was that she was going through. She started telling me, you know, I answered, I asked some questions. I told her, oh, there'll probably be a thousand questions. But as soon as she said specific things, I was like, there's the pattern. I see it right now. And then I was like, okay, so hang on. I don't want you to tell me anymore. Let me tell you what's happening to you. And I started listing off everything she was experiencing along with her child. Okay. Or a stepchild. And I was just like, I started explaining about her life. Um, not her entire life, but like the recent time mm-hmm. frame. And she was just like, she was like, yeah, like completely mind blown at the fact that I somehow managed to figure, figure her out without her being, without her having to tell me almost anything. Right. And then I said, okay, here's how you get around this because her child was, or her stepchild was going through, um, was experiencing like nightmares okay. and she was going through it and they kept on dealing with an entity. I was like, I know what they're trying to do to you right now and, uh, and the child, here's what you need to do. And it was something very simple. First off, I started to say, are you getting distance, are you getting distance from, uh, uh, more distance from your uh, uh, friends, family? Are you not going out more? Are you, you know, like I wanted to find out on the social level what mm-hmm. was going on. Right. And sure enough, she was becoming distant or distant. Her, the, the child was becoming distant. Okay. I was like, you guys need to get out of that house or out of the apartment, wh- wherever you're living. Right. Get with friends. Right. Get out there. Stop get away from all this and I started giving uh, you know further advice on it came back no problem since right in other words you you you, you it, basically said they're she's they're being isolated that was due to some of the things that were happening because again it had that that trend right that right 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 she, like she was going she was going into depression the mm-hmm. child was going into depression and there was something that caused it, and all of a sudden, magically, this entity appears. And right, I'm like, in other words, this right. is a repeat of my childhood. That is so interesting. But yeah, another right. You had, you had a very obvious like, you could understand when she was describing what she was going through was like, I understand firsthand what she's talking about, and I can see the pattern of where this is going. Wow, yeah. And it was the same. It was the same thing as uh, uh, what you call it, as several of the other hauntings. Like as soon as they hit one point, it was just like, okay, you know what? Let me tell you about your haunting. Uh, to the point that it was like I could, I could explain things away on the phone. Okay. Um, and that's what happened with her. It was like we did a FaceTime. Okay. And within an hour, I had it figured out. Um, and uh, the. Uh, what you call it? The other thing too is I've been doing research on because again we're we're, we're looking at um, going back to ancient texts. Allegedly, mm-hmm. demonic entities and deception is going to happen, and everyone's right. going to be deceived and blah 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 blah. Well, how is this possible? Okay, that's what the demonic frequency was meant to explain. 
Okay. And I got it all the way up to, um, you know, going from just a simple person. And I started trying to figure out, well, if this does this based off of the stats I have with this, how would this affect this person theoretically? And then how would this spread? And it just, it started looking like a virus. Okay. Now that's a good, okay. Let me ask you this. Let's say exact. Let, let's say that case that you you discussed. You know, I'm sure you've heard the theories of let's let's go with a demonic interference. We're not talking dead people here. Demonic interference, obsession, oppression, whatever you want to call it. Was it triggered by emotional, physical trauma? Were they involved in the occult? Were they doing something with Ouija boards? Were they doing the typical things that some people see as the point of origin? for demonic interference or was it something just totally different or what what happened with them what was the point of origin for that case that you described it was, well the text or the texas one that one yeah. was an emotional thing that had happened that basically something bad happened in their life okay. um that emotionally impacted them and that's when it started like would you describe that as emotion? Would you describe whatever happened to them as traumatic, emotionally traumatic? Um, Sounds like it. Maybe. I mean, I can't speak for them. I mean, if right. it were no, no, no. me, it would it would upset me, but it okay. wouldn't be emotionally traumatic. Like it wasn't anybody who like died or they watched somebody well, die or something like that. And, and I know what you're saying. Um, I, I see what you're saying. That that everybody's different. Some what's traumatic to one person might not be so to another. You know, or some somebody might say, "Well, it's mm -hmm. pretty bad," but okay. Uh, I see. I see where you're going with that. Okay. Okay. But that was the for um, you. What you saw as the or point of origin or the catalyst for what followed after that. Correct. Um, okay. And I, I've seen the other thing too that you brought up the the whole uh, occult thing. Okay. I've seen that. Mm -hmm. um, there was even another case though, where um, somebody literally lost, they they completely lost their faith in in God. Okay. Completely. Okay. Um, because things were taken away from them and they were like you know, I have all this faith. Why did this happen to me? So I gave up and I was like, I, at that point, um, you know, I was like, okay, well, I understand that this is, this is your belief. And, mm -hmm. but let me, I want to show you this. And I pulled out, uh, and showed them the story of Job. I remember. And I was just like, you know, anybody who's read that knows that God and Satan, they spoke and they were like, well, Satan made a bet. If, well, you know, I bet he won't follow you if I if if this happens. Well, he let it happen. So who's to say that this wasn't a test? Who's who's to say that God actually abandoned you? Maybe this was a test to see if you would abandon him. It could be. It could be. Um... It could be. It could be. But it may it may not be. And that's the thing too. Is like don't you know really examine and it's like. For them, I was like, step back and really take a look at the at the big picture here. I know it sucks, but what are we getting out of this? What are we learning from this? Is this is this what this is, or is it not, or is it something truly sinister? Um, exactly. So it was it, it was just some it was an ex, just simply an example that was thrown at them. Right. Right. And, and but I also threw in the other equations. Right. And um, I mean, I've seen this a lot. And if let's say in that case, I say 
things sometimes people see it as something that happens to them and they think if mm -hmm. God didn't do it God allowed it to be done to them okay and mm -hmm. to top it off God didn't stay, come in and rescue them all right um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which happens as a matter of fact there's a lot of with a lot of kids you know when things bad things happen to them as children that they 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 did you know that uh nobody came to rescue them and that happens also to adults that have exactly what you described you know where they have that lapse of faith and it's almost like they want to punish god you didn't rescue me you allowed this to happen so now i'm going to teach you and i'm not going to believe in you and you know sometimes you think okay you know what i think that happens to all humans maybe some more than other depending on certain bad things that happen to them maybe once or more than once um and but then you ask yourself is that really what the entryway is for something demonic to step in maybe maybe not sometimes there's other things i think behind it and it's really interesting that you're going down that road because um is or you know almost like or, or it makes you wonder like you know sometimes that people actually start start believing stop believing in the good or let's say in god and start believing in the bad okay or be based <clears> on <throat> the bad things that have happened to them so that is so very interesting john you uh, i'm gonna tell you you, must, you have a full plate there when it comes to <laughs> all the <laughs> things that you're you're exploring <laughs> it's like what but um I think that, you know, despite all the popularity that there are now with reality TV and, you know, the paranormal and all this stuff, which, by the way, I'm sure that for those kids that gave you grief when you were younger because you were involved in the paranormal, haven't you going, uh-huh, see? <laughs> see, I was right. I was just ahead of my time because now, of course, it's become so mainstream as far as being a ghost hunter or people that are trying to get involved with the paranormal. Um that for all the stuff that it's you know with all the gadgets i think there's still so much mystery and so much that's unexplained when it comes to the paranormal or how it works or why some things happen the way they do why some people witness it why it happens to certain people or in this case what you're finding that there's a certain pattern when people contact you that you tell them don't tell me anymore i'm going to tell you and it's like and i'm not telling you this because i'm psychic i'm telling you this because i'm seeing the signposts of where this is going to lead to. Mm -hmm. And that's very interesting. That's very interesting. Uh, because uh, I think that that thing that you described there, the isolation, like what you just said, are when people step away from um, contact with other human beings, whether it's family, friends, you know, they, they, they kind of isolate or alienate themselves. Maybe then go out. That, 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 that's a bad sign. That's not good at all at all and yeah absolutely i think it does make them more susceptible especially if there's something that's evil around them whether you believe in it or not i don't think it in the end for any human being that is good at all but uh oh, that, and it's, i'm sorry go ahead we went oh yeah no we went we um uh when we were developing when we were developing that theory um we we started uh, noticing the pattern pretty early. It was actually you and I research formed in uh, 2000. Uh, it was like uh, about late 2011, mm -hmm. um, and it was just like 
kind of almost a team name change because we I originally had uh, two other teams prior to this, and it's just kind of like, well, if we were – you and I research is the final end all. This is the team that we're doing. But um, if we were going to be something or do something specific, mm-hmm. the name, that's why we changed. Um, okay. But it was around uh, – the 2011-2012 period where um, where I started throwing out, you know, start picking up on, on some of those uh, other patterns. Um, and it was about 2013-2014 where I started, like, publicly talking about it. And, of course, naturally nobody listened. But I was like, you know, around this time period, and I – started listing off years given like 2016 2017 i'm like society is going to be falling apart and here is going to be the root causes and part of it is going to be spiritual activity Mm -hmm. as a result of what we are doing we are going to self-destruct okay and well and part of it one of the things i did bring up was and i know it's being brought up now is social media sure yeah it's not really social. It's not really social media. No, it's not. It's not. Um, people are not learning how to connect. So that it came to the yes. point that um, we even developed a paranormal support group. Really. And. Mm-hmm. Um, we even had a hashtag to go with it, which we haven't. We're going to revive the hashtag. It was a hashtag cast your light. Okay. Basically casting, uh, casting your light into the darkness and pull, helping people out. Yes. Um, you know, people who just feel like they're alone in all this. And it's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. You can't do this through social media. You can't no. give that expression through uh, emotional expression through text messaging. Let's all sit down in person. Yes. And we can talk about this freely. Yes. And so that's what we've been doing. And that's the other thing that we're trying to do with with the Patreon and all that type of mm-hmm. stuff is we want to be able to to travel around yeah. and get people out of the house because that's part of the problem yes. right now. We're losing that 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 person to person interaction. Yes. And and you know what? And I think a lot of I think it's f- fear, you know. I think that people are very self-conscious especially when you're meeting strangers. And I don't know if you, I'm mm-hmm. sure you've heard of the, the that, that thing, the, the meetups, you know, that they have them in different cities or whatever. You could put a meetup together and, I mean, I've organized mm-hmm. some. And sometimes mm-hmm. people have a hard time and it's like, you know, especially it's like, okay, let's say you, you, you tell people, let's meet at a venue like a Starbucks. Okay, what's going to happen at a Starbucks? You know, everybody's going to sit there and we're going to talk about whatever the, you know, whatever the, the, the subject is, whatever. And people are still very, very hesitant. Um and that's a problem because, like you said, I mean, unless you're being asked to go into a dangerous part of town or someplace that it's like, yeah, people, it's like, it's just easier. I don't know. They, they I think they want to get away with that safer thing by staying and doing the online stuff. But mm-hmm. that's a that's a problem. And it's like, yeah, you know what? You're going to go out there and you're going to meet people that face-to-face and some you think are going to think are great. And what's the worst? You come across somebody you really don't like. Okay, get up and leave. <laughs> it's like. Hello. Yeah, <laughs> that's just the well, way it is. And if we've noticed, if we've noticed, I mean, it, it, statistics-wise, like you know, suicide rates, all that type of stuff, yes. has increased. But you know what else has increased with it? What? Demonic activity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of course. I before and I and I 
said that this was going to happen, and I warned so many people. And some of the people that I warned were ex-clients. I said, listen, I see what's going on here. You want to be careful of this. And then I, all of a sudden I'm getting contacted by them a couple years later going, there's something new here, and, 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 they're, and they're panicking. I come there, and I find out there's a demonic entity there. Yes. And I'm like uh, – I'm just like, okay, what happened? Did something happen in your – in your life, and I start digging through it, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "There it is." Yep. And did I? And I tell them, I'm like, "Did I not tell you this?" Yes. And they're just like, "Yeah," and, and they don't even know what to say at that point. Right. Um. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I totally. It I, all. It's like it's a virus. Yes. It. It, it spreads. I think that, and and you made a very good point, John. A lot of it has to do with isolation, okay? When you're not amongst other human beings, you know. I want to say, <clears throat> I tell everybody, who was it the other day? I was, uh, I was at a mall. I was like, ah, man, when I remember when I was young, the mall was a place to go. You would go there and you'd spend the whole day shopping. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, you were amongst people, you know. It was a food court, and you would just hang out and be with your friends or you know you people watch but there was that contact okay um it was different and of course a a lot of malls have upped and closed and i'm thinking that's a sign of the times comparable to what you said as to you know who wants to go to the mall i can be online (laughs) it's like yeah that's not the same thing (laughs) well it's so true because i mean i've seen so many so many of my favorite stores have closed yeah um but it's like, you know, I've gotten, and that's one thing, uh, as funny as it sounds, Nintendo still has this right, is they're focusing on bringing families in the living room, mm-hmm. playing multiplayer together. Like, that. Right. that's, that, um, back when I was a kid and, you know, when I had the, you know, I had the neighborhood kid stuff, we would come over and we played four-player Mario Kart. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that was great, but now... It's like, and that's one of the things we just did at the, our most paranormal, our most recent uh, paranormal uh, support group meeting. Uh, we there was a uh, there's a younger person who actually did jo- uh, join the team. They're in their teens, mm-hmm. and uh, we she, she's gone through a haunting. Like okay. it was her mother who originally called me in. Okay, and we started. Uh, we were playing, we were actually at the very end. We were playing Mario Kart together. Okay. Um, and it was just, it was so much fun. And this is going to, this may sound weird. I don't know, but like, uh, the, I, I, there, if there are people, a lot of people in the room and it's, it's not an actual serious meeting or anything like that. And everything's Mm -hmm. just casual. Everything's winding down. There are times that I actually just, I fall asleep because you know, it's, everyone's happy. Everyone's relaxed and it's just like, it rubs off and I'm just like, I feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, but then as soon as people leave, I wake up. Right. I'm like, where did everyone go? But you know what, what the thing <laughs> is, John, that un- unfortunately, you know, there's introverts and there's extroverts as far as human beings are concerned. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, sometimes introverts are the ones that sometimes most easily fall into this. Okay. And mm-hmm. the thing is, you can be an introvert. And if you go out, it's like, hey, nobody's telling you wear a loud red shirt. And, you know, do jumping jacks in the middle of the room. Calm down. You know, nobody's going to ask you to do that. 
But some of those, unfortunately, mm -hmm. those personality types are the ones that sometimes more easily fall into, uh, or they develop social anxiety. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I hate to say it. You have to desensitize yourself. And you, exactly like what you said, you have to go out there and join a meetup, join a small group of people, and then realize, guess what? The spotlight is not on you. And after you get go over your 10 minutes of panic, you know, being among people that you don't know and who think you think you're going to judge, you realize nobody really cares. It's going to be okay. <laughs> you're going to be okay. You know, but a lot mm -hmm. of people don't do that. And, and you made a very good point. Unfortunately, online, um, it facilitates people isolating themselves. And then if you want to put then once you start talking, maybe some demonic influence that makes little problems seem worse than they are or that or that belief nobody understands me nobody's going to believe me uh they're going to laugh at me you know you you know worst case scenario you know where people <laughs> like telescope on all these worst things and forget it, i'm just going to stay home and you know and then on the top of that if i watch a real depressing movie <laughs> tv because that's all i'm going to do is just, i'm staying home you know or i'm going to join a chat room where everybody's in the same boat and it's like that's it it's all downhill from there so yeah there's a lot of a, a lot of subtle ways that things like that can work out and unfortunately like you said um, some of them do end up in suicides because you know they they feel to somebody seems the worst of all which is there is no hope you feel hopeless and that's a very bad place to be and there's a lot of factors that can take you there. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Yes, I mean, <laughs> online, it's a wonderful thing. It's a font of information, but uh, human beings are social animals. Some of us are more social than others, but ultimately we are social people, social animals. You know, I think it works to our disadvantage, <laughs> the isolation that people impose on themselves. You know, and... Uh, I agree. I, Hundred <laughs> percent. Anyway, John, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you and talk to you about your theories. And let me ask you: Are you going to be doing any more books? Are you? I know you said that you're going to be putting up the Patreon page and everything. But what are your plans as far as this field? Uh, whether it's uh, another book, uh, what are you going to be doing with this? Um, well, we do have the. Um, uh, the paranormal puzzle web series um, right. that will be will be coming out. Um, the the Patreon is just going to be another uh, community to help support and to to get us moving. And based off of whatever we get from that, will be put to all the work that we, you know, uh, equipment, etc. Um, we're also um, working on and currently currently are uh, working on developing equipment that is not currently in the field right now. Okay. Okay. Um, we're going to do experiments with those and then we want to get it out to uh, uh, the public so that uh, other paranormal teams can, can also utilize it. Um, we do have our, our Twitter and paranormal puzzle Facebook page as well. Okay. Um, so, I mean, we do have all that stuff there, but we do have an, I do have another book. Um, I, on the paranormal puzzle Facebook page, I said that it was going to be uh out this year it's not going to be because the whole patreon thing came up and i'm like you know what we gotta focus on this okay um because that's if, if it's successful okay. um and 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 people want to see more about this and, and get more involved with it 
okay. then that's going to get us further than a book. Sure. Um, but the book, the next book, um, which is uh, tentatively titled uh, Paranormal Puzzle and the Illuminated Loner, okay. um, uh, focuses on uh, the haunting that uh, myself and Jeremy went through, but in greater detail, okay. but it leaves, just like the other book, it leaves um, it, it leaves more um, questions than answers, but it's to get people to ask those questions and seek out those answers. Sure. So, and, and of course, we're always out there. Like I said, uh, for anyone who, who saw us on the one show, mm-hmm. um, there's one thing I say at the very end of the episode, or the very end of the segment, that if anybody ever needs to talk to somebody, I'm here. What what's what what and, is your website address for those people that are listening to the podcast? Uh sure. It is uh www.uiniresearch.com. Okay. All right. Um and through there they can access our uh Twitter and and Facebook. Uh we have two Facebooks uh uh accounts. We have the UNI Research mm-hmm. Facebook and we have the Paranormal Puzzle. Okay. Um and of course, we have our email and sure. et cetera. But we want to also bring people back together again, and then um, so that's going to be one of our main goals. On top of all of the research that we're doing, and eventually get it out publicly. So we're hard at work. I can tell you that much. It's like sure sounds like it. Full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, John, I look forward to seeing what you produce. I would love for you to come back and discuss it, what, whether it's anything that you do as far as the research, another book, whatever the case might be, because tru- truly I find a lot of what you were talking about really fascinating. Okay, I've been I've been involved in the paranormal field for many, many, many years. Okay, and uh, believe me, I've heard a lot of stuff along the line, and some of them is like, huh? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what? Uh, but no, absolutely. I would just love to talk to you more about your theories and what you find as a consequence of your theories. So again, thank you so very much for sharing this time with me, okay, and with my audience. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. No, absolutely. Take care. And good luck to you on all your projects. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. So guys, what an absolute... I love it. Okay. What? So much interesting stuff. So much interesting stuff. See what I tell you about the the paranormal, despite all the equipment and the theories and stuff that we've had, especially I want to say in the last 20 years, maybe the last 15, there's still a lot more. And I was like, hmm. Uh, and you know what? This is the thing, you know, you, you get a lot of paranormal researchers that go out there. Yes, they run around and they they try to collect data. They try to collect, you know, whether it's the recording or the photograph or the filming or whatever, the EVPs, etc. But that's as far as they take it. They collect it. They analyze it. They say this is what it said. And sometimes maybe they try to do the, the research and try to verify, you know, does this belong to this person that lived here or wh- whatever, whatever the case might be. But he's going way beyond that. He's trying to develop theories as to common themes or what. Co- I mean, I was like, wow, this, this, these are these theory, these things he's talking about could be a show in and of themselves. Okay, as far as things that are 
you know, are the, are these causing effects that are there? Are we just not aware of it? I mean, everybody's always heard, let's say, like the full moon thing. For, for years, everybody tell you, hey, full moon, lunacy. You know, you've heard that thing about where emergency rooms are overrun during the full moon because crazy people get affected or crazier stuff happens. And some people debunk it. Other people say, I, I personally have a cousin of mine who was a, a nurse, an emergency room nurse, as a matter of fact, I want to say for 40 years. And she'll say, she told me, she goes, yeah, I, I saw, saw it firsthand. Okay, full moons, we had an influx, not only of emergency, but crazy stuff. Okay, emergency room, but yes, that she saw high, a spike in what would happen as far as their traffic in the emergency room. Believe me, and she had no reason to lie to me. I absolutely take her out her word when she told me this. This was, as a matter of fact, many years ago. She already retired. Um, and But what, what he's trying to basically is discover something along the same lines as to other things that figure within the phenomena, different phenomena of the paranormal. Okay. What he was talking about, the Nibiru, Nibiru effect, which is... I mean, something, it's its tied into catastrophic and it's ghost planets. And like I said, that's a show in and of itself. But basically what it's saying is this presage, uh, a catastrophe, citing it. You know, almost like you want to say, like people to say, the sighting of the Mothman is like, hey, that's something that's seen prior to something catastrophic happening. Maybe on a smaller scale, not planetary wise, but, and then there's people that say, no, you know, it's just coincidental or that instead of saying, in other words, that the Mothman was a warning versus ca causation. It didn't cause it. You know, it wasn't something that was there to, you know, take in the bad things. It was like a warning system. There's a lot of different theories, but along those lines. But anyway, his stuff was <laughs> super interesting. Um, and that last thing that he spoke about, which is where he's contacting people, well, no, they're contacting him, people that are having not only a haunting, but what they realize is a descent into what goes into the realms of the demonic. And he understands it very well because of firsthand experience. Okay. Like he said that he's able to tell them, wait, don't tell me anything. I'm going to tell you. And they're surprised at how accurate he is. All right. And he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right what he said about that thing with isolation. I have run across this myself in various cases. Okay. Where people that are suffering intense hauntings. Okay. And by the way, sometimes... You could say it's demonic. I mean, I have my own theory on that and the influence of the demonic versus also having a haunting involved at the same time. Uh, one of the hallmarks is people becoming isolated. Isolated. For whatever reason, they isolate themselves. And then at some point, at the beginning, they kind of make up excuses. Oh, I'm just going to stay home. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Oh, it's too much trouble to to get clothes on and to do, do this and do that. And little by little, they start shrinking their world. Okay. And before you know it, they spend all their time either watching TV. By the way, 
which they've admitted to me like usually I wasn't kidding really like you know either angry sad depressing videos or movies um and you know all of a sudden their social stuff is online stuff and even if they have a job they kind of even isolate themselves from the people they work with in other words yeah they they work with them they're co-workers but there's no connection with them and I remember in one of my jobs I was there for various years it was like a family we we knew everybody because you know we saw people romances people get married people have children divorces separation deaths I mean we experienced this. we were like secondary family at work yeah there was people that you didn't get along with but the majority I mean even people that you worked with that you can say well they were really tight buddies but you knew about them and even when something bad happened to them let's say you had a death in the family people would chip in you'd go over and you give your condolences and hey uh, everything's okay I mean it was there was this thing but sometimes when these people get into this thing of isolation even at work even if they have to go to work somewhere they don't even do that they kind of will go to the through the mechanics of their job and yeah of course they communicate that's what's needed but they don't form that bond before you know it they just stay home all the time and their world shrinks and shrinks and shrinks and their problems in their heads get this this and this and then they get they go down that rabbit hole of thinking especially when they start if they start having any type of supernatural phenomena going on uh, nobody believes me I'm the only one that's experiencing this if I told anybody they think I'm crazy or they laugh at me or you know they, they start extrapolating worst case scenarios of every possible and then you slide from there into hopelessness and sometimes you know because everybody goes through you know everybody has stuff happen to them in their lives some things worse than other but if you are already there okay and you have something bad happen to you and by this I don't mean bad like catastrophic I'm saying like uh, my car breaks down or you know hey my, my transmission goes out shit and you know some people you'd be like oh my god you know it's a headache it's Ooh. but if you have somebody that's already there this might be you might think this 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 is catastrophic for them they don't see it as god i hate this i don't know i'm gonna have to throw up some money or maybe you know it's it's just becomes if you're already in the hole this is like if somebody took a big shovel full of dirt and put it on your head okay and these things that they all of a sudden unfortunately some people end up taking their lives because they have there's no hope for them they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel um, and absolutely I'm not gonna say mental health has nothing to do with it because in some cases it does but I think a lot of times that slippery slope down is aided along by sometimes demonic forces and again that's a big question mark because I also think the point of origin for a lot of these things are not there's just certain things I think I think that when you even when you have something like this happen to you whether it's a physical or emotional trauma like I said let's say you're an introvert for lack of a better word you don't have a million friends because that's just not the way you are and that's fine that's good 
But when you do have your one or two good friends or the people that you work with and you have somebody to say, you know what, this happened and I don't know what I'm going to do or whatever, that you have somebody you can talk to. Somebody's going to say, you know what, have you thought about this? Sometimes the act of being able to talk to another human being, it lifts a weight off of you. But if you've isolated yourself and... I'm sorry about my dogs. Everybody decided that they needed to put in their... <laughs> That's my crazy dog, Jin Jin. But anyway, guys, what I'm saying is he's absolutely right. A lot of these things do dovetail one with the other, okay? And um, it's unfortunate, but yeah, I agree with him. I, I love the Internet. I think it's a great font of information. It facilitates a lot of things. But I also think that anything that distances human beings from contact with one another, okay, that's not a good thing. It is not a good thing. I remember when I was growing up, like I said, people, and even like not, not too long ago, I'm not saying people don't do it anymore, but I remember neighbors, you know, uh, they would open up their garage doors. And I'm not even saying on the weekends. I'm not talking like special stuff. They would happen out the garage door and they would sit out there and they'd be talking and people would go walking by and stop by and talk. To I'm not saying people don't do that, but now a lot of them spend their times inside because they're binging on Netflix <laughs> or whatever. And you might think, wow, but you know what? That was the thing. You knew your neighbors. You knew what was going on. Uh, yeah, some neighbors, even if you weren't at their house, but you knew, hey, yeah, Mike, he lives down at the corner and whatever, whatever. And it was just the difference. It was, there was, like I said, there's introverts and there's extroverts, but God, the internet has, the internet has done us a big disservice in a lot of ways because at the end of the day, I wasn't kidding. We're all he, social animals for what it's worth. But anyway, guys, I hope you liked the show. I loved it. I love speaking to John. I'm going to put a link to his website on the credits of the show. Make sure to check it out. And uh, please, uh, like the show, subscribe so you get notification, whether it's on YouTube or any of the podcast platforms. Uh, catch me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, like I said, I probably by the end of 2018, I'm going to be coming out with a new book about some very unusual ghost stories because I've had a lot of requests for that. So I will let you guys know the title of it. I'm just working on it yet. Let me see. Hold on. I wanted to... Let let Bubba go. I wanted to introduce you to my 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 latest addition who was making himself known. Come here, Bubba. Come here, Bubba. By the way. Oh my god. Here's Bubba. Yes, this is Bubba. This is Bubba. And Bubba is my latest addition to my pack. Okay. And Bubba was inside a rescue, one of my last rescues that went I rescued her we didn't realize that she had just recently become impregnated I lost one of the puppies but fortunately because of the apparently she got together with a big dog my little white poodle <laughs> yes this is my puppy Bubba and he's the with the green eyes we tell him he gets away with murder with us because he has green eyes and he looks at us with them but anyway he's the one that's making all the fuss okay all my other ones are they're pretty cool but yeah and in, in other words he was the one that he decided that he needed to a lot of noise so anyway guys again um thank you so very much for being part of my audience you are all absolutely wonderful and very understanding take care and by the way i've got a lot of great show 
uh, shows coming up for you and a lot of fantastic and interesting guests. Take care.